Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on August 29th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the most demonetized man on the internet. Actually, that's not true, because nobody watches my stuff to even trigger my channel. And that would be Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played. We're going to be talking about our monthly game club game, which is Transistor for this month. We'll be revealing our next game club game. Half-Life 3 episode script was released, we think. Bethesda Creation Club goes live. Why was Lawbreakers dead on arrival? We'll have our weekly community corner. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. I did it with This Week Rage. How are you? <laughs> um, swell. Swell. Yeah. That's... Not, I don't think I've ever heard you use the word swell to describe yourself. That's a very Jared word to use to describe himself. Obviously, I've spent way too much time with you. Indeed. Indeed, my friend. Why are well, you swell? Oh, uh, well, hey, at least I didn't uh, use the term awesome possum and go back down that rabbit hole. Oh, that's going to be... Uh, that's definitely Franken episode content. That might actually be post uh outro music this episode that's too good i think to sit on <laughs> i think the world needs to know the truth about awesome possum i'm pretty sure it was also on uh, one of the more recent games done quick as well i don't usually watch those so i would have definitely missed it there maybe that's yeah, where just... you were able to remember that it was a game no i knew about it before that it's just I, I misremembered which, well, platform it was on. Indeed. Indeed. Getting old, misremembering uh, platforms. <laughs> Back in my day. Yeah, I had a, a Sega Game Boy growing up. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I played a- Sonic on the Nintendo. I had the Nintendo PlayStation. Although actually, that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. You can... <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, actually, Ben Nick had several episodes on that uh, restoring a prototype. Very fascinating stuff. It makes you wonder uh, what would have happened if that partnership went through. I'm glad it didn't. Honestly, I mean, the world might have have seen. Certain Nintendo properties be a lot better, but we, as dumb as they're being, this console cycle, Sony has been a plus to the games market. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that whoever is in the lead on the console wars for that particular generation typically is terrible because, yep. yeah, the previous generation, Microsoft was the ones that was screwing everyone over. Now it's Sony. Uh, back in the day, it was Nintendo screwing everyone over. So it's whoever's winning the console war decides to be dicks to everyone. Yeah, although to be fair, Nintendo's just going to Nintendo. Yeah, so, true. Well, I don't. And also changed. to be fair, uh, you know, Nintendo's not really a, t- a contender in the console wars anymore because in order to be a contender, you have to field some troops. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Nintendo is constantly out of those. Yeah, Nary you, a sight to be seen on store shelves. Yeah, you uh, get 
a uh, Super Nintendo classic to share. That's everyone. <laughs> the whole planet. All seven billion plus of us. We get one. No, no, no. That That's not true. They're going to make uh, one for every continent. Oh, goody. Yeah, you don't want to be, uh, be in line for the Asian one. I don't think I want to be in line for any of them. <laughs> uh, well, that's pretty much uh, how I feel already with the pre-orders on those. Because it's one of those things, Yeah, I see it pop up every time that you know, the pre-orders are about to launch. Yeah, where can you pre-order the Super Nintendo Classic? Well, if you have to ask, you're not going to get one because by the time you read that article, they're gone. Yep, they're all gone. Speaking of gone, there goes the uh, conversation. (laughs) Gone, baby, gone. It's actually a, a pretty good, interesting movie. But we're not here to talk about movies. We're here to talk about games. Games. I'm like a little bit out of it tonight. I'm I had a a busy day. I'm kind of tired, but not like too tired, like that kind of loopy tired. And how is that so, different from usual? Uh good question. Only thing we're doing is pushing you up about an hour on your loopiness. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So that means that I'll start snoring. By the time we get to well, so, simple to uh, to you. end the recording, I just have to call Katie to go in and uh, save the recording. Oh God! If you call her and wake her up, she will kill us both. <laughs> yeah, but the but the plus side is I have a few hour head start. <laughs> she will find you. She has a particular set of skills. <laughs> she will find you. She will kill you. Yeah, then but she- uh, yeah. Uh, I- I could always run, well, hobble, and die tired. Yeah. Why run? You'll just die tired. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, I'd have a few hours to, uh, you know, uh, go uh, get just plastered. That way, you know, when she shows up, I'll be hungover and don't care if I die. There you go. And since you don't drink normally, then it, you, it won't take very much to get you there. Yeah, true. Okie dokie. Well, we can... Moving on, I suppose. In a an an odd turn of events, I'm gonna go first because I have more games. Well, most of what I did this week was game club stuff. I didn't even do the Sunday sampler this week because I was sitting down doing my notes for it, and then I saw, oh yeah, pretty much every complaint I have about this game is going to be patched out within a week or two, and I was too tired to even fuck with it, so it's just. Forget it. Fine. Right. And I wasn't even sure if it was going to record properly because it was having some FPS issues. And it's one of those that, you know, everything's uh, in the 70 to 80 range. Then go into a room and then it just plummets because it's trying to do so much stuff. You know, one of those. Yeah. And then we had to do a lot more game club testing this week than we normally do, which we can, I suppose, talk... Yeah, we'll talk about the losers. We'll talk about we'll talk about the losers first. uh, Get our game club out of the way, then talk about the winner. Right. So I guess to make that make a little bit more sense, I don't remember if we mentioned this on the show or not before. Sometimes it's difficult to keep like, did we talk about that on the show or off the show? 
It's hard to keep that straight. I don't know, Almighty Editor. We were talking. We I, well, I did post uh, about free to play games for next month's game club. We ended up cutting it down to three. Just multi. Well, typically multiplayer. I mean, we never really said that it had to be multiplayer. Now that I think about it. No, but most free to play games, by and large, are multiplayer. So. Yeah, unless it's like Katawa Sojo, which is on the game club list, and that's something that we they have to hit before too long is another visual novel. Yeah, that's I'd a, be down. I, that's actually a thought. You just you just want to go fuck a cripple girl. Absolutely. Who who doesn't want to fuck a cripple girl? At least not just once. <laughs> I mean, you do it once to say that you did it. You don't have to do it anymore after that, but. Um, anyway, so we did uh, free-to-play, and we initially were like, we'll do a free-to-play MMO, and then we just expanded it to all free-to-play games. Because uh, we were struggling, because between the two of us, we've played just about every free MMO that there is out there. Well, free, uh, currently popular, and that was going that's the other stipulation that free-to-play game that we haven't spent a lot of time on yet. Right. Granted, I may have already broken that with uh, my pre-playing. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, you've played it a little bit more than I have, but I'm right there with you. It's great. So, um, Do you want to just talk about the two free-to-play games first? I can yeah. adjust my list slightly while we talk so that things are in order. Yeah, so I guess Paladins first? Yep. Yeah, Paladins. Turns out, yeah Jared's a fucking liar. I thought he was a raccoon, okay? I didn't know he was a weird fox. Well, typically, trash pandas have very distinct markings. <laughs> he wears clothes and a, a little helmet. Yeah, but you can see his face. What is... What is he... Did you actually specifically look up what he is? Yes, I did. It okay. Was, uh, uh, now I'm having to find it again because... Uh, a phonetic fox. Uh, just a, basically, uh, yeah. Uh, here. Uh, terribly long URL. Don't care. It's fine. I mean, is that Pip? Yeah, looks like him. How He's the hell is that? How the fuck is that a raccoon? He's a fox, <laughs> not a raccoon. Okay, guys. <laughs> I'm very sorry. You should it's fine. be. It's fine. I care very deeply about raccoons. I do want. I'm going to see them slandered. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Paladins is basically free to play Overwatch. Um, yeah, I just uh, my main beef with it. Granted, I haven't played a, really at all in the multiplayer. I just got through some of the tutorial stuff. Is absolutely hate just how big the uh, models are in that game, or at least the couple that I played, because it's your Overwatch. It's kind of your Overwatch slash League of Legends model where you have the rotating uh, set of three heroes to play. And yeah. uh, you have the basic ones that are always free. And one of them is essentially Call of Duty player, you know, 1,754,042. For those of you familiar with Overwatch, it's basically a clone of Soldier 76. But he has this absolutely huge assault rifle uh, model, and his special power is that he could uh, pull his gun up and put, rest it against his shoulder and look down the sights. Amazing, huh? Indeed, it is amazing. 
I assume that they do the gun model thing because it's a console game. Yeah, as that's well. yeah, that's that's what I was assuming was that it's a console game, and one of the tricks for you know making games run at that buttery smooth thirty FPS is to make the gun models huge, so you don't have to render anything behind them. It's essentially a cook uh, a, a cookie cutter out of that gun shape. And that's, depending on how big your gun models are, can be a large percentage of the screen. Yeah. What did you, I mean, you can peel the FOV out to, I think, 120. Yeah, but it doesn't affect the gun model. It doesn't, really? Or it doesn't, or it doesn't, uh, to any strong degree that I could uh, find. Okay. I left it at 100. I was pretty comfortable with what it was at. I mean, having played, I guess, a lot more console games than you, I'm a bit more used to it. Or more modern console games, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I played console games back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I, I played my Sonic on Nintendo. There you go. Uh, I really like Paladins. It's going to be this week's stream game. Um, yeah, I need to spend a little bit more time with it because there's some... It's Overwatch plus a CCG with power-ups, and it's one of those things that I, I need to spend some time with to get my head around it, because, uh, well, Dirty Bomb did essentially the same thing with uh, the card packs, and uh, I, after a while, I did not care for how Dirty Bomb uh, was handling the card packs, where it was locking very, very powerful combos and very rare packs. So... Th- uh, Paladins doesn't do that. You've got, I don't know what the currency is called. It's like little magic whatevers. You start out with like thirty. Oh, that's what they're called. They're magic five thousand magic whatevers. And you can use those to unlock those cards right off the bat on any character that you want, and you earn them or get them from either purchasing them if you buy stuff or from the the drops that you get after every match. So uh, you've got enough to completely outfit the three or four of the starting characters unlock all of their cards and th- the way that the system works I don't know how much you mess with it at all but you can go in and you can uh, you have to assign 12 points like 12 points of card stats mm-hmm. and you can choose from up to f- uh, five cards so you can mix and match to create a sort of a custom character play style and then once you get your cards down you can just add points to the cards and so it adds an extra like level to the cards. So, for example, like one of the cards that I use for Pip uh, reduces the cooldown on his healing potion that he throws um, initially by 0.5 seconds for every person that you hit. But I've got that powered up to level 3, so for every person that I heal on my team, it reduces the cooldown by 1.5 seconds. And each character has got a couple of unique ones, and then all of the characters seem to have some pretty standard, like, reload faster, do slightly more damage, move slightly quicker. Your move ability is a little bit faster. Like they've got, they've all got sort of that generic one that you can choose from, and then they have unique ones based around their abilities. So it it gives you a pretty big degree of customization. And since they give you so much starting, like magic currency or whatever, uh, like you can completely outfit a couple of characters right off the bat. Yeah, I didn't um, even pay attention to see uh, how much magic currency I had. It's just one of those things that. I was looking through it, and they didn't really explain it all that well. Yeah, they don't. Um, I mean, there might be a tutorial in there somewhere, but basically all of the tutorials point you to YouTube videos after yeah. the initial, yeah, which is, here's how you play. It, which is absolutely terrible. 
I mean, yeah. just having a video playing and not uh, going along with it is just a terrible, terrible way to teach something. Yeah. Uh, the main reason that I like the game so much is that it's got really solid, tight controls. Um, it did take a little bit of getting used to. Things are fast. The The pace of this game is pretty fast. Aside from the character running speed, which I don't know if there's faster characters or what, uh, the two characters that I play primarily are, are pretty slow. Um, but, like, you move fast. The the action is, is super fast-paced. All of your abilities are have quick cooldowns. You're constantly doing something. And I felt like it handled all those mechanics really well. Certainly as good as Overwatch when I played it a while back now. Has it been two years since it was in beta? I have no idea. I never played the Overwatch beta at all. I, I played it in beta, and I wasn't really interested in it. Um, but I mean, my tastes have changed since then, so I probably like it anyways, but I mean, this feels as crisp and as clean as Overwatch did. And there's quite a bit of variety of different character types that you can choose from and, and kit out. Like Pip is very much like a burst DPS healer. Um, I've got him set up to do, he basically heals twice as much for every, um, healing potion that he throws out. Uh, but I have no heal over time, and I can't do, like, the the doctor from uh, Team Fortress 2. I can't just, like, sit on somebody and heal them. Although there is a character that does that. Um, so I'm very much, like, burst DPS. Run in, throw a grenade, run out. Uh, or a healing potion, run out. And then use my grenade launcher from a distance to do some a small amount of um, AoE damage. There's other support characters. Like, there's one character that looks kind of like Groot from... Guardians of the Galaxy, who you activate his healing power, and it's just a passive buff for, like, I think it's 15 seconds, that he just constantly heals all of your teammates around you for small amounts for 10 or 15 seconds. So, if you're, like, pushing the cart, for example, he's a good character to sit on the cart and just heal while you're pushing it. Um, I'm, I'm most familiar with the he- healing characters, because I like to play support in these games. So, so you're like a good jockstrap. Yeah. I'm all sweaty and everything. Yeah, and you like to fondle. Yeah, I do. So, yeah, that's I'm going to be playing whenever we play. I'm going to be our support. I'm going to heal. Um, but I mean it it does the whole healer where just like um Overwatch where it's like, "Okay, here's your little team makeup that you need." And it'll tell you when you're in the the character uh picker. It's like your team doesn't have a healer. Your team doesn't have a DPS. Your team doesn't have a uh, what do they call them? A flanking? A flanker? I'm not 100% sure what the difference is between DPS and flanker because they seem to do the same thing but I don't Likely, play either. Well, uh, and I haven't played the multiplayer yet but I'm going to guess likely either some sort of movement ability or a stealth ability. Well, maybe stealth because there are a couple of stealth characters. Everybody has a movement ability that does different things like a couple of characters have jetpacks or some way that they can fly. Pip whenever you hit his movement ability, uh, it reduces your mass, so you can run a little bit faster and you can jump a lot higher. Uh, and it puts you in third-person camera view, which honestly I prefer. I wish I could do that all the time. Sorry I can't do that. I need to have the giant gun model to be able to get that buttery smooth at 30 FPS. Yeah, well, every match and every time you die, it starts out, you're riding a horse. I'm not sure if there's any different mounts, because... But it, that might yeah, just be a joke. Yeah, you would think that uh, you know, uh, Call of Soldier should have some sort of like mini jeep or something. <laughs> nope, he rides a horse. 
the giant goblin guy in a mech, he rides a horse. Pip rides a horse. Everybody wait, rides wait, a horse. Wait, 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 wait. So there's a goblin that's riding a mech that's riding a horse. Yes. Turtles all the way down. <laughs> that poor um, horse. Yeah, so... Uh, also, since you haven't played the multiplayer matches, you haven't seen this either, but you can... Uh, it, it does the whole MOBA thing where that whenever you do stuff you get gold. Uh, you by default get gold for uh, pushing the objective, whatever that is, because there's a couple of different game modes once you level up beyond just push the cart. Push tiny cart. But pushing the cart gives you gold. Capturing points gives you gold. You get gold for kills. And then, uh, for example, as a support, I get gold for healing. So that way I don't get left completely behind uh, in the mid and late game. And then the guys with shields get gold for shielding certain amounts of damage. So it encourages you to actually play your class by rewarding you for something other than just kills, which is nice. Um, and then during Boy, the match, TF2 you can... could have used something like that. <laughs> um, but during the match, you can use the gold to purchase upgrades. And there's several different, there's a bunch of different ones that allow you to even farther pursue um, like a, a build type. So my build is centered around healing other people, but one of the abilities lets me steal health for damage, and I always pick that ability. Stealing health and increased uh, damage resistance for myself. Because as a healer, I'm pretty squishy. I don't have a lot that I can do to defend myself, and I'm concentrating on healing the team. So Well, see, if you were a raccoon, you would have rabies. (laughs) There we go. That would work. So, yeah, I, I like Paladins quite a bit. Um, it was one of my top picks for... I mean, that's why we tested it. It was my top pick for our free-to-play game. But playing it a bit, it doesn't... It didn't doesn't have, have the, the depth. Yeah, it doesn't have the depth to be what we want. Like, it's a great multiplayer game, a great stream game, a great, you know, blow-off-some-steam-kill-some-time game, but not deep enough or complex enough to be uh, a game club game. Not yeah, even but mechanics be, wise, I don't. Yeah, think. but to be fair, you know, some of the game club games we've had. <laughs> True, we've had some. Uh, we've had a couple of stinkers, and this is definitely better than those. So, who knows? Yeah, it is better than Skyrim, isn't it? <laughs> oh, hey, you set that uh, one up. Yeah, yeah, it's better than Transistor too. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, showing your hand a little early, aren't you? I am. I'm teasing the controversy. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, because we're going to be so disagreement on this. Absolutely. Totally. Um, do you have anything else to say about it? Um, uh, not really. So, shall we go on to the new uh, champion of the most lonesome MMO I've ever played? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the crew was this for quite a while, but turns out uh, the crew kind of gets defaulted on that... Uh, title well for one actually having people playing and two being that by design this isn't <laughs> defiance this was uh kind of our uh agreed upon middle pick uh, or no this was uh, well, well both of these other ones were kind of agreed upon middle picks weren't they because uh, no. well i brought this one up and i brought uh our other one up but we kind of agreed upon you were really enthusiastic about this one as well yeah, this one was... I think this was both of our second one, our second picks. Yeah. And then 
the other two paladins and then the game that we ultimately chose were mine and then your picks respectively but yeah defiance is um a third person action mmo um it's well with guns yeah yeah well and a lot more freedom of movement too yeah um Uh, they do give you your mount very early in that game yeah you get your four-wheeler there's some cars too i don't know if you actually get the cars but you can see them in like the trailers and yeah but you have to stick with the game for more than a few hours to get to that point yeah uh my main problem with defiance well first of all and this is going to be a re- probably a recurring theme for this evening is what the fuck <laughs> it is incredibly confusing i think that this game expects you to have seen at least a, cu- a season or two of the show because was, I there, seen a, a was few- there a second season i thought there were, there were three seasons or maybe there were two seasons and a third one planned. To Google. To the Oracle. Uh, there were three seasons. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, it looks like it was canceled after the third. Yep. With a lot of people saying, well, it needs a fourth season. Most likely not. Yeah, it probably won't ever get one. It was canceled two years ago. Wow, those are some pale fuckers. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the cast uh, photos, uh, you know, the main characters. It's like, wow, that that's like me, except uh, with white hair. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I think this show expects you to have seen the first two seasons. Uh, and I had only seen sporadic episodes, so I got a few things, but I was mostly very confused. And you hadn't seen it at all, right? No. So you were completely lost. Yeah, it looks uh, like the MMO was uh, released after the second season. Okay. Which, yeah. uh, th- this is also coming from the time when everything had an MMO. It's sort of like how uh, everything had a BOBA, and then uh, now we're up to the CCG uh, uh, area of the bad timeline. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, it was a pretty decent game. Yeah, it doesn't it, play badly. It's just, well, for one, there's no one around. Yeah. It's desolate. The two people I saw were heavily tweaked out. And, you know, it, it looked like they were, uh, they were walking Christmas trees, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I saw one guy the whole time I played. Um, and he was, I mean, he was a new dude. Or at least playing a character that was not tricked out. But, I mean, I very quick, quickly lost him after the initial tutorial area. Like, after you uh, shoot through the, the the base or jump the gate or whatever it is, like, he disappeared. Mm-hmm. I never saw him again. And I didn't play too much farther past that. Yeah, I got to about where I was last time I tried playing this. And it does have some interesting ideas. It's a lot more of a shooter than a lot of MMOs are because... Usually it is, you know, you, you're you stuck in the uh, auto attack cycle, you know, pew, 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 pew. But this actually feels like a somewhat decent shooter. Yeah. I mean, granted, it does still fall into the MMO trappings of everything is a bullet sponge, including you. So it loses a lot of real impact. And also, you know, a sci-fi game, so, you know, everyone has shields. You have this glowy uh, uh, lady in your head. 
uh, talking about your ego problem or whatever. Yeah, I forget what ego stands for, but wasn't that what it was called? The ego, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, and of course, random chick that you meet obviously knows that you have some sort of implant in your head from the moment she meets you. Yeah, and there's nothing that's like done to reveal it. Like you could totally have head trauma from that initial crash and not have any ego in yeah, yeah, he yeah, he just left a fucking crater. <laughs> yeah. Like that the very like in the first five minutes of the game, you're on a ship going to do a thing and your ship blows up and so you like eject with an escape pod and crash on the planet. And it I mean it looks like you're having like a seizure or it just looks know, like he has a headache. Yeah, like he's got a head injury. And this lady's like, oh, you've got one of those ego implants, don't you? And it's like, bitch, how do you know that? <laughs> it's probably unnecessary, but that's how I felt. I was like, how do you know that? What is going on? Who uh, are glad, you and why I'm, am I here? I'm glad I'm not the only one that picked up on that. It's, it's like, how do you know this? Because I'm lit- literally just holding my head and uh, literally have a train going by. Yep. It's been a couple of weeks since we had a train interruption. Indeed. So we'll just sit here for a moment. Obviously, we have an ego implant to be able to just sit here for a moment. <laughs> what is the game? I'm trying to think. There's another third-person shooter MMO that was canceled last year or the year before last. Um, it's, All I can remember is that it started with an F. Failure. They did. They put huge like exhibits and stuff up at E3 and Gamescom like for several years. I played it at one point. Yeah, it does feel like, you know, uh, the marketing hype for games gets going way, way, way too early. Mm-hmm. I mean... Head, the, the, not judge. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit, perhaps. But uh, it's just one of those things that we see games come out you know, years after their initial announcement. As a matter of fact, the fact that... We had an E3 where pretty much everything's releasing within a year. That's a rarity. Yeah. The, the only thing I can think of offhand that wasn't releasing within a year was uh, the handed at Pokemon RPG for uh, the Nintendo Switch. And they just was a brief mention of uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. And that's about it that I could think of off the top of my head. I'm sure that there's something else or something that's going to get delayed and you know, pushed outside the year window, but you know, initial launch release dates is all within a year. And the fact that you know, that's a rarity is just so asinine. Yeah. Firefall. Ah, of course. I'm pretty sure that game was canceled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This reminded me a lot of Firefall without the ability to, like, jetpack around places. Because Firefall had jetpacks. Which was fine. I actually really liked Firefall. I thought it was a pretty decent MMO shooter. Yeah, the MMO genre is kind of uh, stagnated. Mostly because it's just such a huge investment to even get in. I'm shocked that this game's actually still active. I mean, granted, I don't think it has active development, but yeah, the servers are still up. I guess yeah. the DLCs are, you know, in-game shop, because I'm pretty sure it does have an in-game shop. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, when does when don't they these days? One thing that I really disliked about Defiance, actually speaking of in-game shop, was that every loading screen, the top right-hand corner, it's like, hey, do you want to 
buy some more uh, inventory space. Yeah, you can that, add that, that to your that, cart that, right now. Yeah, that that was a little irritating. Granted, I, I didn't mean, play it long enough to really have it uh, uh, chaff my ass, but you know, it was getting there. I'd like to chaff your ass. I need a drink first. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was frustrating. Like, and I, I guess I get why they do it, but that just feels dirty to me. I mean, they do have to do the hard sell to the like the three people that are still playing the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can buy almost four hundred dollars worth of DLC for Defiance. But why would you? Yeah, why would you? I mean, I I'm sure that there are fans of the show that are still keeping this game alive to, you know, be able to live out the fantasy of being in the, in the story because, you know, it, it does seem like it handles, you know, the in-game world really well. It's just, you know, it's impenetrable to an outsider. Yeah. It also seems like it has an option to play through pretty, pretty much solo. Yeah. Um, they say that several times on the page, like you can play by yourself. And I think they know, like, if, if we want our game to survive, we have to tweak it so that you don't have to play with everybody. Yeah, it reminds well, it reminds me how uh, even World of Warcraft really changed their quest design. Uh, I would say with Cataclysm, where yes, there were still occasionally group focused quests, but everything was pretty much uh, solo capable, or with the exception of you know, raids, of course. But I remember like in Burning Crusade, coming up to the end of a uh, of a zone and. Yeah, you know, just have a group quest, a group quest, group quest, group, group quest. And the thing is that, yeah, on launcher, you know, not too long after, that's fine. But yeah, going through uh, uh, the Burner Crusade content now, you either need a high level friend or, you know, uh, uh, have that rare occasion where someone's actually in the zone. Yeah, for sure. I think I might go back and check out Defiance at some point later on, like try and play through it. Uh, like that that early the, the non-in-game story content just like if I'm really really hankering for like a third person shooter RPG experience I might come back to Defiance but I don't think other than that I'll ever play this game again it's not bad it's just not it doesn't hit me you know like I'm not yeah, there, there, wasn't the that, there wasn't that great of hook to begin with mostly because it was so impenetrable yeah which was a shame because gameplay wise it wasn't bad. No, it's pretty got pretty solid gameplay mechanics. Grand, uh, you could see just, uh, or maybe it's just my cynicism. Uh, I was looking around, it's like, oh, if I want to uh, play this to uh, any degree of comfort, I'm gonna have to sink so much money into this for you know inventory space for uh, the ego points because as you level up your ego implant thing close or whatever and uh, uh, unlocks uh, new powers which how did they, did they ever explain you know how your ego could uh, do all the shit that it does no oh space magic got it oh wait it's on earth uh, earth magic they're <laughs> druids well the uh, story is absolutely, actually I have absolutely no clue what the fuck yeah. Nor do I really care. So should we move along, or do you have anything else? I don't have anything else to say. So yeah, we'll move along. Uh, I you don't have anything other... else to say. Well, that will be a first. Yeah, nothing else to say about Defiance. So yeah, moving along to the other two games that I played this week. Uh, the first one is a mobile game, Titanfall Assault. 
Uh, I heard about this on the co-optional. I had seen it pop up on the store when I was looking for a mobile game a couple of weeks ago. I was like, eh, I don't, I don't care about this, whatever. But uh, they brought it up on co-optional and talked quite highly about it, so I thought I would check it out. Um, at first glance, it looks like a sort of Clash Royale copy game that's just Titanfall themed, but. It's got quite a bit more depth and strategy to it than Clash Royale. Yeah, um, it probably doesn't help that uh, on the similar page for this, uh, I see Clash of Clans. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually incredibly strategic, and you can win matches even if you're playing against someone with better cards than you do, as long as you think strategically. Um, because instead of the objective being to destroy the opponent's uh, main base, which you can win that way, but I've played probably 50 games or so, so far, and outside of the tutorial mission where it's like, hey, blow up the other base to win, that never happens. Uh, the bases have too much firepower and too much defenses, and they just take down anything that gets close to them. Uh, instead, all of the games are decided on points victory. So you have three points on the map, points you know A, B, and C, uh, and you have to capture them and hold them long enough to get the, enough capture points to win the match, which is 100 um, but it goes by pretty quickly. Most games average three minutes, although they can go up to six minutes long. Uh, and there are certain units which can capture points and certain units which can't. Um, the Anything that's an infantry unit can capture a point, so your pilots uh, and then the regular soldiers that you can deploy as part of your deck can, but titans cannot, which is nice because you like you can't get your titans for the first two minutes of the match, and then it's just like in the the main game, it's like Titanfall, and then you can start dropping your Titan cards anywhere on the map. Uh, and they're a whole bunch of different variants that have different strengths and weaknesses, but thankfully they can't capture points, because otherwise you could just drop Titans on the points, and whoever had the more powerful Titans would win. Just uh, throw a, ro- a giant robot from space to win. Pretty much. Um, well, that, that almost sounds like it should be a game of some sort. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, but then they would just release it at an absolutely stupid time. But the two things that really make this stand out to me compared to, like, Clash Royale or the other couple of games that I've played in this genre, uh, one is the deck composition. So you have ten cards that you use to build your deck, but the way that they're split up uh, allows you, gives you a lot of variety. So you have three pilot cards, and they have to be pilots, uh, and pilots are, you know, they're like, the character that you play in the first-person shooter game that, you know, are faster and powerful and Yeah, and if your pilot performs well, you know, you'll be picked up for the series. There you go. Um, but the So the pilots, you have three pilots that you can choose from, and there's a wide variety of them, actually, um, that have different abilities and strengths and weaknesses. But generally, they're a lot more powerful than any other unit that you can drop down aside from Titans. Uh, then you have three Titan cards that you have to have to choose from. And again, there's a wide variety of Titans with strengths and weaknesses. You can go for like weak, faster ones. You can go for like cheaper ones that are generally overall weaker, but they deploy faster and um, are a little bit more versatile. You can go for like really super powerful ones that are nigh unstoppable, but they follow very strict rule sets. Like there's one that uh, basically is a walking column of flame that kills anything in its path. But it's very predictable, and you can easily like trick it and, or well, get its attention and make it like turn around and walk the other direction for a little while. 
um, just by attacking it with anything. So you can like sacrifice some infantry units to it, and it'll turn around and focus on them, even though it should just keep marching forward. So uh, it feels very balanced. And then your other four cards are just called burn cards, which is what they're called in the in the shooter. The, the first well, the first shooter. one. Um, because they got rid of it in the, in the sequel. Right. Uh, forgot about that. But yeah, that's what they're called, is burn cards. And they basically are everything else that you see in these sorts of games. You have soldiers that you can deploy, which the soldiers can be used to capture points, but they don't move. Um, like, you drop them down, and they'll take cover, uh, because each of the points have little cover points that soldiers can can do to get defense or get in to get defensive boosts so they can take cover but otherwise they don't move you can call down different sorts of attacks like missile attacks or orbital lasers or that sort of thing to just do damage somewhere on the map then you can call down defensive turrets um so there's just the way that it it separates those out you can put a lot of variety in i tend to go for really fast uh pilots that have capture bonuses like either they drop automatic troops whenever they capture a point or they heal up or get some kind of buff whenever they capture a point really slow but powerful uh, titans so i defend my points with those and then just sort of a balance of burn cards so that i can kind of be versatile if i need to tackle another situation uh and so it, it provides some very unique experiences and there's only been one time like one match out of the 50 or so that i've played where i felt like i lost because i had worse cards than the other person like i've lost matches to people with clearly worse cards than me because i fucked up my strategy or maybe they just had a better strategy that i couldn't counter um i've won matches against people with clearly better cards than me that spent some money on some packs or maybe got really lucky drops um and the other thing that plays into that the other point that separates this out from these other clash royale style games is uh it has different maps like actually different maps um all of the other games that I've played like this have different skins of the same map, but ultimately they're the same map. But this game has different maps. Uh, there's three that I've unlocked so far, um, and as you level up is how you get the different maps. There's one that's called Drain Training Grounds, which is basically just like um, a straight line path that your troops follow uh, by default towards the other person's base. Uh, and it's you're, it feels pretty much like those other games. And I think that's just to get people familiarized with it. Uh, the second map is like a jungle map. And it's got things that are blocking the path that you have to destroy with your uh, titans or like orbital attacks or whatever. Otherwise, the only way to get across the map is to use zip lines, which is interesting. Um, yeah, those must be some very powerful zip lines for a titan to ride on them. <laughs> no, whenever you drop the titans down, they automatically will go over to the parts of the level that are blocked by debris and start destroying it. Um, so the only way to get across oh, the map before I wanted to that, see a Titan on a zipline. That would be pretty cool. Um, but your your pilots will follow the zipline, so you can drop troops anywhere on the map at any time. So you can like drop those behind on the enemy's capture points and try and get those early. So, And then there's another map that is like a city map, and it's the one that's in one of the images on uh, the Play Store. And it's like a big square uh, that the points are arranged around the square. Um, and you can't send troops down the middle except for pilots. The pilots can traverse the middle. Everything else has to go around the outside. So you can do some interesting strategy stuff with that. Like, do you want to pour your guys down the middle and try and rush the other side? Do you want to play it more defensively on your side? Um, there's other maps too. 
you unlock one map for each level up that you get in like their ranking system. I'm pretty much right square in the middle. Uh, I just haven't played enough matches to level up past that. It's a good game. The business model is is really fair. They know that they're the little guy in the market competing against Clash Royale and the other big games in that respect. So you get um, eight. It's every three hours. So you got eight like free drops a day. Uh, and that you can have three stacked up at a time with a fourth one waiting uh, that just give you cards and money. So you can get eight, eight, like eight free loot boxes a day. Uh, and then everything else is really cheap to buy. I mean, you could spend five bucks if you really wanted to and get enough packs to get most of the cards. Uh, some of them might be lower level, but they do another thing too that makes this feel a little less like crappy. Uh, the rare epic legendary cards that you get will come with a shitload of experience so that you can level them up a bunch of times. Mm. Um, so you, I think it's enough to get five levels right off the bat. So I got a, a legendary Titan, uh, and I was able to label, level him up, him up five times, although I was only level five. You can't level up a card past your level. So regardless of how much you know money you've spent on a game, if you're only level five, you can't have level six, seven, eight, nine, ten cards. It just, it just doesn't At least with that attitude. So that's another thing that it does to help keep the playing field pretty even. But, uh, yeah, I like that so that if you get a rare or an epic drop, you're not like, well, this thing's cool, but it's only level one, so I can't use it until I maybe get lucky enough to get 40 more of these. Now, it, it comes with enough experience to be leveled up three or four times. So all in all, it's a really good, really competitive, really fair uh, mobile sort of, I don't know, MOBA? Mobile MOBA? Is that what these are? Really? Like these car based MOBAs? No That's what they feel like. Regardless, it, it feels good to play. I'm, I've really enjoyed my time in it, and I, don't, I haven't at all felt like exploited or anything. Oh, and there's no ads. Like normally these games double dip. They do ads and loot boxes that you buy. But there's no ads. It's just loot boxes. So huh. that's nice. I mean, kind of this thing is a giant ad for, for Titanfall. Yeah, true. But it Granted, doesn't double Titanfall dip. really needs that right now. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. If you're looking for a mobile game, I, I would I would check it out. Uh, the other game that I played this week is XCOM 2. I finally got around to playing it. I've been wanting to buy it and play it for forever. Yeah, I had a free weekend uh, last weekend. I just didn't get around to it because it had other things to do. Yeah. I bought it on the Steam sale in June and have been intending to play it because I want to do a Let's Play series in it where I run through with the VGL crew as all of my people. Now, the question and is, who has a higher death count on the VGL crew? Me or you? Me and RimWorld are you with XCOM? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, some... also have uh, some non-VGL people, but you know that—that's uh, filler. Yeah, I have—I've had some mishaps so far, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, how, how did you what kill I'm... me? So far, you haven't died. Actually, you saved the day. I was going to tell that story later, uh, so I will. But anyways, y- you can go in and create all of the characters and put them in your character roster uh, before you even start playing. And there's rules you can set up for the roster. Which, you know, like, the basic rule by default is only use characters from my roster until they've all been picked. 
Um, but what I'm doing is I need to learn how to play XCOM 2 because there's several gameplay differences between 2 and 1. Uh, or, you know, the, the re-release. Remit, the spirit, whatever. I'm just gonna call them one and two. You guys know that there was a, a whole series of XCOM games from like 15. Wait, years there ago. was. You mean XCOM's not a brand new thing? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just gonna call them one and two. There's some some decent gameplay differences between two and one. Uh, so I'm gonna play through. I don't know if I'll play through the whole game, but at least a decent chunk of it, so I get a feel for the the major differences. And as I do that and unlock or not unlock, but acquire characters naturally in the the during gameplay. I'm going in and customizing those characters and then adding them to my roster. Um, and so far, I've got six uh, VGL people. I've got you, Mel's, uh, Ghost Shark, Cube, um, Chemist, and Spaceman. All right. And, like, I mean, I just get the random characters, and then whenever they rank up to Squatty, which is when they get their... Um, their specialization. I'm like, okay, I think that fits this person, and then I make that person. Yeah, see, I just have the randomized list, because uh, sometimes RimWorld characters are very unflattering. As a matter of fact, on my last recording session, uh, I'd have to get my name list to tell you who it was exactly, but I had a staggeringly ugly lesbian show up. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh, Yeah, there's... uh, people with annoying voice there's you know uh, misogynists there's maskist <laughs> it's like okay i'm just gonna make this all random that way i'm not picking on anyone outside of groove too much right well i mean you can completely customize the characters in XCOM. you can customize their appearance um both the outfits and armors that they wear as well as physical traits like facial um expressions and hair color and skin color and mm-hmm. you can even change their gender if you want um yeah but that requires the yeah the hacksaw <laughs> or the super glue depending on what it is that you're changing <laughs> to True. um but anyways you can change all of that stuff so and i mean really i there's a mod which i'm going to use called the commander's choice mod which lets you choose what specialization they go into but kind of the fun of it is like trying to figure out like I get a character and I'm like this character I think fits this person and then like they get their specialization and I'm like mm, does it really or does it fit this person because I've had that a couple of times and, oh and like boy. it's just fun it's just fun to, I'm not to mess even with I want to ask um so that's that's my plan for it in the next few weeks is once I get the whole crew put together uh some of the 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 biggest difference that I don't like and I'm going to mod this out because I hate it and I feel like it changes well I've, I mean I've already modded it out I played a few missions with it and I was Spring. like no I hate this uh is that it, every mission has or not every mission but almost every mission has got uh a turn timer on it that if you don't complete your objective before the turn timer runs out you lose and if the turn timer was a bit more reasonable I think that I would would be okay with it, but it is almost always eight turns to complete your objective. And most most of the maps you get, eight turns is like, I'm booking it from one side of the map to the other to complete my objective. Which, one, is not how I play XCOM. And two, one of the other major gameplay changes is that, canonically, you lost the war with the aliens, and so they've taken over. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> 
and you're uh, you're a resistance uh, a, a band of resistance fighters, and they've added stealth mechanics to the game, which almost every mission you start out uh, concealed. The aliens don't know that you're there, uh, and you can sneak around the battlefield to set up ambushes. And during like an ambush, you'll get bonuses to damage and uh, hit percentages and things like that. Uh, you can completely complete missions unless completely complete. Yeah, that's good English. You can complete missions. You yeah, you can complete some missions without having to fire a single shot, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, some missions it's like okay, complete the objective and now kill all the aliens, which is fine. But it's nice to see them sometimes be like, yeah, just complete the mission, and if you do it without being spotted, then. You don't have to have any combat. But I feel like those two things completely counteract each other. Because if if you um, get unlucky and your spawn point is way far away from the mission objective, it's like, well, I can't imply any of these neat new concealment and stealth mechanics and bonuses. I'm just booking it across the map to get to my objective and complete it, hopefully. Well, the first XCOM uh, had this as well in the expansion, where you had to really rush to get some of the rare resources. Yeah, and And I was... It really doesn't make a lot of sense in a strategic game to cause a huge rush like that. And particularly in XCOM, because uh, XCOM always had it where, okay, you trigger the pack of enemies, they all scatter into uh, cover... Uh, on a free semi half turn thing that they get, and which also was something that kind of annoyed me after a while, but yeah, they could move a long ways, and oh my god, just uh, moved up to try to capture this resource. All the enemies scattered around to the point where they're flanking him. He is fucked. Yeah, that was that, fun. That doesn't happen anymore um at least it hasn't happened to me so during the concealment as long as you're concealed and have line of sight on enemies you can see them and they take their turns and they walk around in sort of a patrol pattern or i mean you know they might be standing still with their guards or whatever having um, a smoke oh sorry having a space smoke <laughs> yeah space e-cigs or no s6 space space cigarettes we get but, it you vape but anyways, um, you can see them take their turns. And if they spot you, they don't get to move. That's where they are. Uh, and then if you trigger enemies that you can't see, they will move to cover. But it seems like that move range, like that free movement that they get, is much, much, much smaller than before. So that's somewhat fixed, I think. I mean, I'm not... I don't think I've played enough to completely rule out that as being a possibility, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's just the thing, is that... Well, that and I never really had the base building click with me, so I always felt like I was behind, and I didn't do my research properly, because I tended to work on making my guys tankier, rather than giving a lot more firepower first, and, you know, that also makes you fall way behind. Yeah. But that Um, was... that one's kind of my fault, but at the same time, you know, it uh, it's felt like, you know, there was a right choice and a hard wrong choice. Yeah. Well, there's there's different classes. or Well, the classes have been changed up a bit, and there's now one completely new class, uh, which helps with that a bit. So you, your character is assigned to the ranger class. 
which is the completely new class. Uh, they are close combat and stealth specialists. They get a shotgun. Oh, yeah, because we know how I love stealth. They get a shotgun and a sword. Uh, and they basically have the, the two, like, sort of trees of abilities are back now. Um, and this, this ranger, one side of the tree is, like, super stealthy, and the other one is, like, berserker. And can you guess which side of the tree I'm picking for you? The stealth, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. No, the berserker. And on top of that, I think it's from one of the DLCs that I have, because I bought, like, the Game of the Year edition or whatever it was that has all mm-hmm. the DLC except for the newest one that just came out. Uh, you have uh, two war axes instead of a single sword. Okay. So you're I, I, kind of, I, I could get behind this. You're kind of a badass. Um, in fact, you saved... I was I was going to save this story for later, but I'll go ahead and tell it now. I, one of the biggest things I love about XCOM is whenever you really get into it and name your soldiers and everything, there's a lot of emergent storytelling and gameplay that happens. So one of the missions that I was doing pretty early was a... I think it was a DLC mission as well. Uh, that had a boss in it, and the boss was ridiculously difficult. Um, like, I was definitely underpowered for this encounter. But, you know, through strategy, I was, I was okay. I was doing okay. Um, but basically, we wound up in a situation where that if we didn't kill him, he was going to start killing people on the team. And it, aside from the one character that it made me take for the mission, I had a full team of VGL people. And even though this isn't, like, my official whatever, I was like, no, I don't want to lose all of you guys. I just got you. And uh, everyone had taken their turn, and I was looking, and you were the only one who was left. And I was like, well, if I rush in there and I use the the Berserk uh, ability that you get with the axes, and if you score a critical, you'll kill him. If you don't, we're fucked. And so I like I, I gave you some encouraging words from your friend and commander, and I sent you in there, and damn it, you got your critical and killed the boss, and we all escaped, and everyone was critically wounded. Like the whole team is out for twenty days, but they all lived because of you. So good job, Rage. Uh, thank you. Uh, it you sounds did. it sounds a lot better than yeah, whatever. I'm the overseer of a Rimworld colony. <laughs> <laughs> it you, seems you know, like I, I push Hidden Relic too far, and he uh, has a mental break and lets your uncle die of an infection. Uh, yeah, I, I, actually, it was malaria. Now that I think about it, yeah, Cube. Cube was the first character that I got, uh, and he nearly lost the the first mission for us. So the first mission passed the tutorial, like training mission. He nearly lost it for us. Cube, you got mind controlled. Uh, and because you were mind-controlled, you you shot some of our other team members. And then and then there was an explosion and fire, and everyone died except for you. But thankfully, the fire also killed the, the sectoid that was mind-controlling you. So we were able to co- – or you were able to complete the mission all by yourself. Cube was thrown f- free of the blast, only slightly singed. Yeah. Um. I just, I love it. I love that so much. Uh, it's basically more of the same. I mean, they, they changed up a couple of the classes. Uh, they added some different abilities. Um, but in general, everything is, is the same in that respect. Um, the only other really major change is the specialist class, which I forget what they were called in the previous game, but they were the ones who got bonuses to like healing and could move farther and things like that. 
they now have a little drone uh, because hacking is a thing that you need to do now. Uh, they now have a little drone that can hack for them and they get bonuses to that. Yeah, they but, just have to watch out for rakes. Or have you ever seen that uh, uh, BattleBots video? No, I haven't seen that one. Gonna have to hunt that one down for you. Uh, but the drone also allows you to do things like uh, remotely heal people. Because um, you can assign uh, med kits to the drone and then it can go out and heal people instead of you having to be like right next to them. So that's really useful. Uh, the, the drone can also help in combat if you pursue the, I don't know, sort of the offensive drone versus the defensive one. And Chemis is the only specialist that I have right now. And uh, he's he's my, my medic. My my hacker and my medic. So he has like a, a package of band uh, aids attached to his drone. Basically, yeah. Um, but I, I felt like that and, was appropriate. And if, and, and if he's the uh, yeah, if it's the person that he likes, they get the Spider Man. If not, <laughs> then they just get the plain old beige ones. Yeah. Um. But anyways, yeah, I, I felt like he fit that pretty well. Uh, this XCOM 2 does have a bit stronger of a story. Uh, I mean, it's not like, it's nothing to like write home about, but there's a lot more story in it than there was the, the first one. Cause basically the first one was like, Hey, there's aliens here. Uh, fight them and win please. But XCOM 2 builds uh, well, on. Well, XCOM 2 uh, is like, no, we didn't. Yeah. No, we didn't win. Uh, and then I'm going to reference the first game a whole bunch and use what little bit of story was in the first game to expand and give you some story in the Dude, second one. Dude, spoilers. So far, it's been pretty good. Um, I mean, like I said, nothing to write home about, but well, it gives well, a nice a, little bit of extra contextualization. Well, there's a serious plot hole in uh, XCOM 2 that I just don't understand. Maybe you could help me figure this one out. Okay. The XCOM project failed. We lost. Why are they so focused on getting the commander back? I mean, he lost. He fucked up. He did, but actually, if I explained that, that would be some pretty big story spoilers. Oh, all right, fine. I mean, it, it all happens, see, I think, in the first hour or two of the game. Like, they they do explain all of that, and there's just a little bit of like, oh, I see, going on with that. Uh, oh, I see. But that that would actually spoil like one of the biggest story plot elements is like why do we give a shit about the commander if he lost the war? But I mean I can spoil it if you want to, but uh, probably shouldn't in case somebody else wants to, uh, you know, yeah, play it and have the story intact. Yeah. Um. In general, though, it's I mean it's more of XCOM one, but better. But the only. Yeah, the only real problem I have with it is I hate that almost every mission has a turn timer. But there's a mod for that, and there's a lot of mods. Jeez, Destiny or not Destiny? There's a Destiny ad on the page I'm looking at that my ad blocker didn't get. Um, XCOM Two has got a very vibrant modding community. There's tons of stuff, particularly on the visual front for like armor for your characters and stuff. Every sci-fi series you can imagine, there's armor in there for them, which is nice. There's tons of gameplay Funny, I fixes. don't remember a sci-fi series where everybody was naked. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, there's tons of other like gameplay tweaks and mods. Lots of balancing stuff you can do. There's obviously the Long War mod, which is by far the most popular. Which and I am going to do. Insane. Which I am going to do at some point. I want to do a Long War playthrough, um, but not. Oh, not is right that going to be your series? 
It might be. I've considered it. I've considered doing uh, a Lawn War to, playthrough. Welcome series, to the Lawn War uh, episode five hundred. We're uh, we're almost dead again. <laughs> the other, uh, of the course, other... I really can't say anything about you know, having long series. Yeah, I'm not really sure if I want to take the there's so like the plot driving thing beyond just hey fight the aliens um, is that there's basically a doomsday timer for a thing that the aliens are doing and if they complete it you lose and again it's more of that race against the clock mechanic and yeah, I want yeah it does seem like they're doing that quite a bit with this yeah I want to play out a little bit and just see how it goes but there is a mod that removes that and I'm seriously considering removing it but I'd like to play it a little bit farther and see how it plays out a bit more because it took me like five hours of gameplay before they were even like oh hey by the way here's this thing and it introduced it for the first time so maybe a mod that you know uh, lengthens it you know yeah I think I'd be okay if it was slowed down but I don't know quite yet how fast it goes so there's there's an indicator of its progress but it's not like a percentage bar Uh, it's just like a little thing and every time it hits a new milestone that lights up and causes you oh uh, look out so it's kind of vague uh, I will say that the base building aspect is is more reduced. Uh, aside from the buildings, or not the buildings, aside from the rooms that they make you build for story reasons, it seems that for the most part they're just rooms that give you small buffs as opposed to being things that really need to be managed to be handled efficiently. But, I mean, I could be wrong about that. I'm still pretty early in the game. I mean, I've only played for like five hours. Yeah, only. For XCOM, that's not very long. That's like, what, two turns? Oh, wait, that would be Civ. Yeah. Um, But I like it. I'm going to keep playing it. And at some point, it will become a series. But I've still got to figure a lot of stuff out about the game before I'm comfortable starting a series. Because I don't mind if I lose. I mean, my rules are going to be basically like um, Iron Man playthrough. Uh, Not that difficult. uh, A a soft Iron Man where you are able to go back if uh, you have recording problems. Yeah. Yeah, I can go back if there's issues or or problems or whatever. But, like, you know, if you die, you die. If I lose, I lose. I'm not going to reset my progress unless there was a genuine problem. And I'm not going to be playing on the difficulty with that hard. I mean, I'm okay at these kinds of games. Maybe even good, but I'm not that good. I got royally fucked on an Iron Man playthrough in the original XCOM back when I used to play video games a lot more because I had a lot less stuff in my life. So I'm definitely not good enough for that. But uh, yeah, I haven't quite worked out all the rules yet. I don't have a timeline yet, but it's coming. I'm going to do it. This is going to be probably the biggest YouTube project I've ever done. Well, you better hurry up because that turn timer is counting. Yeah, I'll just get the mod for it. <laughs> also you can upload all of your character creations uh, or all of your characters it's like a pack that other people can download and use oh, so boy. all of my characters are not going to have modded stuff on them uh, they will have DLC pieces but I'm once I'm done with everyone I'm going to upload it as a pack that anyone who plays XCOM 2 can download if they want to have the VGL character pack it's going to be great and uh, yeah those are all the games that, that I played this week And we are back to talk about this month's game club, Transistor. Uh, as I hinted at earlier, this one might be a little bit controversial, at least for what I have to say about the game. Um, 
I always like to start with a simple question, though, Rage. Did you like it? And that's a difficult one to answer. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm in the oh. same boat. Um, this I like game, aspects of it. Yeah. I, I love the music. I love the visuals. Oh, yeah. But the thing is that I'm more of a gameplay-oriented guy. And on that front, it pissed me off more than a couple of times. Yep. I am more of a story-oriented guy, and on that part, it pissed me off more than a couple of times. And also was confusing as fuck. And also was dumb, because I didn't like the way it was tied into the gameplay mechanic that revolved around the battle system. Which was bad. And also it was isometric. Which I don't like. And it was the bad kind of isometric where they put shit in your way sometimes whenever you're trying to fight something. Yeah. And then you can't see yourself or your enemy. But it was well, beautiful. And the soundtrack was lovely. Well, uh, well, let's talk about the graphics first since that is the thing that a lot of people are grabbed by in this game. It is a beautiful game. I mean, I was taking screenshots like crazy while playing this. And I'm not one that takes a lot of screenshots. I'll take a few. But mm -hmm. every cutscene, I was taking screenshots. Yeah. I was not taking screenshots, because I don't generally take screenshots. But I was, every cutscene, I was going, this really is beautiful. Like, it, everything was gorgeous. And not even cutscenes either. Like, a lot of the shots where that you can see the cityscape um, are also just gorgeous and even some of the interior places like when you go back to the where is it that she was singing in the nightclub or whatever yeah uh, whenever you yeah, go back to that yeah they, they just called it the empty well. set eventually yeah um, which uh, that is well it's more of a story thing but they do make it so that it feels like a interconnected city a lot more than what bastion was yeah even though Bastion did have, you know, its uh, connected parts, it was still a, a shattered world. And they made that, uh, you know, very apparent. And this, you know, it feels interconnected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Partly, they loop around back to the beginning. Uh, yeah, you start yeah, out it's a, yeah, it's essentially just a trip out, then you immediately turn around and retrace your steps. Yeah. Uh, that is connected because you know essentially you're doing a circle come full circle yeah uh, and then also the way that the 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 city changes um and is yeah, able to be changed a, uh, yeah it's not just being reused it's not using the same sets twice yeah uh but the way that they do that i, I felt like that tied everything together as well which is interesting because that was all about change and molding the city to the will of the people but it made it feel incredibly cohesive, which I was surprised by. But I liked it. Yeah, I love the art style and uh, the music also. All the little just background uh, melodies and the fact that they have a button for her to sit there and hum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just tells you just how much time they spent on this. Well, she's a singer. Yeah. So obviously the music is going to play a large role in it. And uh, the the title of the track it basically tells you the entire story. It's just it's one of those things that uh, the story just 
it's obfuscated so much that it's hard to really follow along, or at least on your first playthrough. This may be something that they learned from Bastion, a, a lesson that they learned from Bastion and applied it incorrectly, is that Bastion, they, in order to really understand the plight of the kid in, in Bastion, they expected you to play through several times, or at least twice, I should say, and try to try the loop a couple times to see if there's a way to break it before giving up. Right. But they presented you with that option to break the loop immediately. I think in this game, they saw people were trying to break the loop as a way to expand the story several times to, you know, tie in the gameplay mechanics into the story and have all the lore and all the backstory tied up in these game mechanics that you don't even get until very, very late in the game. And this is a very short game. Well, well I shouldn't say very short. It, I beat it in four hours of some change, about five hours. Yeah, it took me a little over five hours. Um, and granted, I didn't do some of the side stuff, which that's just, as far as I can tell, give you more experience. So it's not really missing anything there. Yeah. Um, I, I probably, there's a lot of stuff here. If you really take your time and poke through everything, I would say there's another two or three hours worth of just like reading and understanding, not counting the second or maybe even third playthrough you're going to have to go through to get everything. But I just like, I played through it as fast as I could because I hated the combat system. And I mean, the whole game isn't combat, but a lot of the game is combat. Okay, well, uh, since we're going to be talking about the combat, how did you play? Did you try to play it like Bastion or play it almost XCOM-ish where you're taking your turns? I tried to play it as much as the turn-based sort of strategy bit as possible because I hated the combat system when you were outside of your turn-based mode where you got to plan out your route and your moves and everything. But every time you come out of that mode, you've got several seconds where you literally can't do anything except just walk around and avoid well, attacks. Uh, well, if you have the John ability, you are able to do attacks or, or to uh, do the sort of the flash forward uh, move, and there is... I'm not sure if it is John or if it's another one of the powers, but, well, well it also ties into more gameplay stuff that we haven't even brought up. Yeah, but, I was gonna uh, say... The John ability. If someone hasn't played this game, they're going to be really confused by yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John is essentially, you know, just a flash step forward. Yeah, yeah. A, a quick teleport forward of, uh, you know, several yards. But uh, the way everything is tied together is that you have the transistor, which is a giant sword thing. And, I, and I'm not even uh, saying that as facetiously. It's just, I literally don't know what the fuck. Yeah, it looks like a sword, but you don't use it like a sword. You don't well, you stab do at people the end. with it. Well, yeah, you do at the end, but throughout the game, you don't use it like a sword and hack and slash and stab people. You just kind of wave it around and attacks happen. And I yeah, don't but, know, uh, sci-fi the, magic happens? Yeah, the, the, the transistor has four slots, uh, you know, corresponding to your face buttons on the controller. And this is one of those games that playing it without a controller is probably not impossible, but it's probably not nearly as fluid as it is with a controller. And that's saying something because I didn't think it was particularly fluid with a controller. 
Yeah, I played it both. Uh, I started keyboard and mouse with the intention of going to controller once I got a feel for it. It wasn't bad. Um, you know, it's it's playable with a keyboard, but it's better with a controller. But yeah, it's definitely not even great with a controller. But each of the four power slots has, well, initially one, but eventually two power uh, or two augment slots to it. And you can mix and match all the powers that you get. And you get powers by just finding them. Uh, well, they're people. They're, I mean, literally people. They're Soylent Green. Yeah, the transistor sort of absorbs people's souls or brains or minds or something. I don't know if that's ever specifically said, like, what it takes from them. But it basically absorbs people. Yeah, and you're able to mix and match these uh, powers, which has some really interesting and some exceptionally overpowered <laughs> combinations. Yeah. And the way that you unlock uh, all the backstory with these different uh, people, because these are all different characters of the story. They're some far more important than others, and there's others that you find out literally nothing about, including, you know, your main love interest, which is a little ironic. Yeah. Uh, but in order to unlock all the uh, knowledge about a person, you have to use them in a, in a actual uh, power slot, you know, as one of your face buttons. Then you have to use them as an augment for another power. Then you have to use them as a passive ability. And the passive abilities, well, I only had one uh, throughout the game because I never used enough to, you know, really make sense for me to use more than one. And also you have a very limited amount of memory to begin with, so you can't even use all your powers to begin with. Yep. And it's just one of those things that I understand where they're going with this, but I just absolutely hated how they implemented it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, there's too much, what is it? There's too much... Obfuscation? Yeah, there's an expression that my my dad used to use that I think kind of fits. Like, there's too much plumbing, and it gums up the works or something like that. I mean, basically, it's there's too much complexity in this system, and there's too many places where it can fall apart. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are some people they who didn't, like... They didn't use the, cr- the KISS principle. Yeah, they did not do that. And I mean, I'm, a, I'm not saying that games can't be complex or deep or even sometimes a bit confusing but they don't do a great job of explaining anything to you you're kind of left to try and figure it out and i just i i want a little bit of assistance i want to push in the right direction i don't need you to hold my hand but well both of us uh didn't understand where all the story was until very very late in the game because we talked about this beforehand yeah yeah, the story is confusing at best, even after several playthroughs. I mean, I went and I looked at the wiki after I played it, trying to understand all the different story yeah. elements, and I'm going, what the fuck? Where is all of this in the game? It Even then, even looking at the wiki and having played through the game, I was still pretty confused at some aspects of it. I think that they they were trying to make a game that that forces you to think, and come up with your own conclusions about a few things. But they just put so many challenges in the way that I don't feel like I have enough time or interest to dedicate to really put my own thoughts and feelings into it and come up with an answer. Yeah, this game felt made me feel unspeakably stupid for not getting any of the story. 
And I'm not sure if that's the game's fault, if that's my fault, or a combination of the two. It's just, I had to actually look up to see what the hell. Because it wasn't until I was most of the way back on the return journey that I realized they weren't going to explain anything story-wise. As a matter of fact, I don't even know what Red's, uh, the protagonist's uh, uh, motivations are outside of they killed slash absorbed Mr. Nobody or Blue or uh, whatever fan name you want to use for him because you never find out you know, who this guy is actually. You know, just that uh, him and the protagonist were in love and may have not even really, you know, had a, a relationship, just had that unspoken uh, uh, love together and, you know, never really confessed to, to one another until, you know, it was too late. Right. And the fact that, you know, I didn't realize that until way too late that that meant that in order to unlock really any story, I was going to have to go into game plus mode and... I didn't feel motivated to do that, particularly because I didn't like the combat. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, combat-wise, w- since we kind of veered off of it, it has a real-time mode where you can play it uh, in uh, real-time, but the thing is, oh, it is so clunky like that. <laughs> yeah, it's very clunky. And also and- the uh, flash ability. Uh, it, it was it, that was what really got me was that the step forward, the flash, the John ability seemed to get stuck on everything. Yeah, but, I sorry, mean, in general, saying. in general, you seem to get stuck on everything. I feel like yeah. there, there's so many, uh, and I felt like that the the turn based or the tactical mode, whatever you want to call it, was a little bit clunky too, because sometimes you would you would have your attack lined up. Um, like the charge that, you know, you would zoom through somebody and it, you would be like, okay, I'm going to hit all these, like these enemies and everything's going to be fine. And I'd ex- like execute it and I'd get hung up on a wall and it's like, well, but the line said I was going right past the wall. Was yeah. I just like too close for it to register, but close enough that my, you know, my hitbox or whatever hit it. Yeah. And it doesn't help that later in the game you have, uh, those enemies that obfuscate the turn ability. So, you know, you're, uh, you have to move around uh, to figure out where everything is, then back up, and then do your actual turn. Yep. Ugh. And the tactical mode things, once you come out of the tactical mode, the, the enemies can still move. Everything kind of goes slow motion a little bit, but they can still move out of the way. So you have to predict, get used to and predict what those movements are. Otherwise, some of your attacks are going to miss just because the enemies have moved just far enough that they're out of the range of your attack. I didn't yeah, like that. I didn't yeah, like this it. Game, uh, I'm going to uh, use the term avant-garde for this game. They wanted to do very experimental stuff. They wanted to do something different. And yes, they did do that. But there, there is also a reason why certain gameplay mechanics you know, are seen time and time again. Yeah. I, I think I would have loved this game if they had just picked one or the other combat style and polished that. If they'd made it completely tactical and turn-based, great. Or if they had went with a more traditional, um, isometric, sort of hack-and-slash RPG type thing, I would have been okay with that too, because Bastions was good. It was good. It was one of the few isometric games that I've been like, okay, I can handle this, because it was simple yet elegant and not overcomplicated. And this felt 
complicated and messy and like you said uh, experimental and i mean maybe if the experiment had paid off we would be having a different tune but I mean, one of the biggest things that people complain about, because I went and I watched a few reviews thinking, you know, is this just me? Am I really hard on this game because I don't like isometric games and I'm sort of forcing myself to play one? So I went back and I watched a bunch of reviews from when the game came out and almost universally people were like, yeah, this combat system is a little bit jank. And if you can't get past it, then you're not going to have a good time with this game. So it definitely isn't just me. And obviously, you know, you didn't like it either, and you like these sorts of games a lot more than I do, so. Yeah, I'm a lot more forgiving of isometric, but I'm also a gameplay person. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm in I'm in two minds about this game. It's gorgeous. The soundtrack is lovely. Love it to death. I, I like I think there's some merits to the story if you can go through it a few times. You can either enjoy the gameplay or you can stomach it to get through the story a few times. I think there's something there. I like games that make you think. And I like the fact that the game respects your intelligence and doesn't hold your hand all the way through. But at the same time, I just... I I, I don't like it because playing it felt like work. I mean, well, honestly, if, if we weren't doing this for Game Club, I would have stopped after... 45 minutes an hour yeah. but i pushed through it specifically for game club yeah which uh, at least it was a short game <laughs> yeah yeah that is very true <laughs> yeah i kept playing it expecting it you know to suddenly make a lot more sense because it, even the villains it i never understood their motivation whatsoever yeah i didn't I, either the, the, they're they're it seemed like the story, the, the 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 moral of the story was democracy or pure democracy is a bad thing, but they never tried to explain that, you know? Yeah. Or at least that's the, what I took from it, because their big thing was, if everything changes, nothing changes. And uh, the city, everyone voted on literally everything, including the color of the sky. Yeah, and the weather and everything. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's a good, I think, like, I don't know, metaphor or message or whatever, like, a good thing to, like, think about, to chew on, consider. But it's like, yeah, I guess, like, I don't know, maybe you could give me a little more or lay some of this out a little more simply. I don't know. I will acknowledge it is possible that we're missing the point of this. Very true. Because this is one of those things, I played through it, and I felt stupid for not getting it. I didn't feel stupid for not getting it, but it just made me mad. And because I was frustrated, I definitely wasn't giving it my full time and attention. So, I'm willing to admit that I might just not get it, because there's too many of the gameplay elements that I can't get past. And that's fair. Not everything has to be everything every, to all people. Not everything has to be for everyone. Right. Unless, uh, yeah, uh, I wish the AAA and uh, gaming industry would understand that, but yeah, that's beside the point. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of people who love this game. I think it got on quite a few, like, best of lists for 2014 or... Yeah, uh, but I wonder how many of those were more for the visual aspect of it, because you don't really see games this pretty that often. Yeah. 
because they spent a lot of time on lighting effects. They spent a long time on trying to make the world make a lot more sense uh, art-wise. Yeah. I'd love to see this game in, like, a, a museum as, like, a an art piece with, like, the combat removed, it shortened up a little bit, and just an experience that someone could go to an art museum and play through. Like, here are games as art. Here's what we can do as an artistic medium with games. I think this is a great example of that. Because yeah, it perhaps. is beautiful, and it's trying to give... It's trying really hard to give, I think, a genuine a genuine message or make a, a genuine real point for people to consider. And that's what art does. Art makes a statement. It's bold, and some, a lot of people don't get it, but it's trying to make a point. And, and sometimes it's a pineapple that somebody left on the table. Sometimes it is. Um, yeah. So that's that's transistor, I think. Um, <laughs> we didn't get any emails or anything. I I talked to Chemist when we were recording Strays of Pretzel the other day. We talked about this, uh, and his thoughts are: this game is gorgeous. I spent an hour just looking at my screen and listening to Red humming different tunes because, well, that's all my laptop could do. <laughs> so apparently, his laptop can't run Transistor. Which well, it I sounds have- like he had a pretty good experience for it yeah i mean i didn't have any issues playing it on my laptop i played it in my off time at the office uh, a little bit and then i finished it yesterday so I, I played it mostly on my laptop and i didn't have any problems which is saying something because my laptop's garbage but hey good for you little laptop the little laptop that could Thomas. do you have any- I kind of just assumed you were done. Did you have any final thoughts or anything? Uh, I mean, there's... This is one of those games that it feels a, a lot deeper than what we're really giving it credit for. And that's uh, very likely, just because neither of us uh, even bothered with Game Plus because we really hated the gameplay of it. Yeah. I wonder if this could be one of those games that could be like an intro to video games for non-gamers. Granted, I don't think it would be a good one gameplay-wise, but, you know, to watch someone play and it's like, oh, that looks interesting. Well, if you have no history of what good gameplay mechanics are, you might just go with it and be like, okay, this is what it's like, I guess. True. I don't know, that's a tough one. Uh, That might be a good uh, general topic at some point, you know, Games for non-gamers. Yeah, that is a uh, that would be a good topic. Put that on the list. <laughs> I'll leave that one to you. Uh, I, this is one of the things that I'm. I wish these uh, well, the Steam reviews had a neutral position because uh, it is such a beautiful game, and I do uh, like certain aspects of it. I will say that. The one fight I really thought was neat, granted I absolutely fucking dominated in it, was the final boss fight. Why did you think that? Because I didn't like I didn't like the final boss fight. I thought it was uh, interesting in that, uh, you know, you're having what you've done the entire game turned on you. The final boss fight, well, is you and the remaining bad guy because the other three, there's been four, 
One got killed pretty early on as a boss fight. Two committed suicide. And the third, or sorry, the fourth and you end up inside the transistor for some reason. No idea why. But yeah, maybe for reasons. We, uh, this is a little bit of an aside, but uh, the one uh, bad guy that talks constantly, is it just me or is he a little monotone? I think he, I think he was monotone. Hell, I, mean, I thought I, Luke Cunningham was a big monotone in this too, not in a good uh, way. Uh, uh, Logan, or yeah, Logan Cunningham. I mean, his... yeah. Well, well, we also had a lot of times where he was uh, confused, drunk, whatever story. What I don't know. Uh, he does seem a lot more subdued than he was in Bastion, and even uh, in some of the other games that he's been in. Yeah, but this may just be a case of him you know, not being given a lot of stuff to work with. I mean, hell, uh, just look at the uh, Star Wars prequels if you want to see you know good uh, voices and good actors giving yeah, absolute trash. Great actors with no direction and a terrible, terrible material to work with. I hate sand. It's <laughs> oh. I'm always sad when I think about uh, Ewan McGregor being in that role. I mean, as like the look of young Obi-Wan, great. And he's an awesome actor, but God, he feels so bland and whiny in the prequels. (laughs) I love how we've taken this and turned it into Star Wars. Fuck this game. Let's talk about Star Wars. (laughs) Even the prequels are preferable discussion topic to Transistor. Wow. That's terrible. I did. Is this your most hated <laughs> game club game so far? Apparently, apparently. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if anything could ever top Skyrim for me. It's just, it's just not fun. And I know a game's purpose doesn't have to be fun, but it fun helps make engaging. a game compelling. Yeah, it wasn't engaging. That's better. Because you have games like This War of Mine where. Yes, technically it is fun on a, a certain level, but it's engaging more than anything else. Yeah. And that's what this game uh, failed on. But uh, get, but uh, getting back to the uh, boss fight, I did think it was an interesting idea to you know, kind of turn uh, the whole turn-based nature against you that you've been exploiting for the last few hours. Yeah. I thought that was a neat idea. And also, well, uh, we haven't even really talked about what little story there was. Can you explain to me what was Red's motivation outside of possible revenge? Because I never understood why she was doing, you know, going so far out of the way to do whatever she was doing, you know? I thought it was revenge and maybe she wanted her life back. We don't know why. I don't think we ever find out why, but she lose like she loses her voice. Supposedly, uh, this was one of the things that's unlocked right at the beginning, or uh, or I did unlock. Supposedly, they were trying to capture her essence, trace, whatever soul, whatever, and yeah. put it in the transistor because fuck if I know <laughs> reasons, but. Uh, they were expecting her to be alone. 
but she was uh, with Mr. Nobody. You know, the uh, guy that got killed at the very beginning of the game. Yeah. Or, or you know, the uh, uh, the corpse from the stone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have the sword, the stone? Well, this is the transistor and the corpse. Yeah. Well, uh, he was there and was able to stop it. Uh, and they only got her voice because... Reasons. Fuck Abano! Yeah. So, I mean, other than revenge, the only thing I can think of is that maybe she thinks that she'll get her voice back, which in turn her life back, since she's a, a singer. singer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was all, those are the only two things that I had for motivation. Yeah, but she know. went way out of her way to do that. She goes through an awful lot of trouble for that. I mean, we're at Anakin levels of rage and uh, angst. Yeah. But anyway, she uh, goes, uh, uh, tracks down, uh, well, one of the bad guys who helps inadvertently, after, you know, a little bit of murderization, uh, find two other of the bad guys who commit suicide, and then they help out, uh, actually willingly, and say, oh, yeah, you you were actually right where you needed to be? Just uh, go back all the way to the start? And then you go past that uh, across a bridge and uh, go to where uh, fuck if I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 Ian uh, uh, Escher's uh, fever dream, I guess, because there's a couple times where you go into a door, come out, you're upside down. But anyway, you eventually have the boss fight, which I thought was actually kind of neat where, you know, they do kind of turn, you know, the power of the transistor against you. And it's the one time that I felt exceptionally powerless. Granted, I had a, a lot better loadout than he did because I beat the ever-living snot out of him. Well, uh, whenever you die, this is something that we didn't even touch on. But how, uh, did you have uh, trouble combat-wise uh, with uh, deaths? No. Then until about uh, until I got into uh, Escherland, and that was uh, due to enemies that suddenly oh look they explode and go you know, like, kill you one shot if you have the slightest amount of damage on you already. And I didn't realize that at first. It's like oh well, I'll just uh, you know slash this guy. Oh you're dead. Well whenever you die you lose one of the functions on the transistor and it's based on the amount of memory it takes. Uh, you know, the highest load is the one that overloads first, and that's usually my primary attack because, you know, your primary attack is going to be the one that's, you know, has the most oomph behind it. Right. Well, uh, you essentially have four lives, you know, overload all four abilities. Oh, you're dead because fuck if I know. Yeah, reasons. Well, uh, in the final boss fight, I lost one of my four abilities. And I specifically made it so that, you know, my loadout was more balanced. And I also was using the pet ability. You know, uh, having the uh, little minion Luna. Yep. Okay. But anyway, uh, after the final boss fight, you go out and you're uh, essentially told that the city is now a blank canvas and you could uh, make it to your will. And, you know, and you kind of expect, oh, well, she's going to rebuild the city now and, you know, get her lover back and, you know, everything's going to be fine. Well, she rebuilds, you know, the city for 15 seconds and decides, fuck it, and kills herself. Yep. Kills herself, stabs herself with the, the transistor so that it absorbs her soul, too. 
And now she's with Regardless her lover. Fucking Bono. And she can sing again. Yeah, and uh, they, they never really say the word dot. It's always go to the country. And they show the final cutscene where they're in a field of wheat. Am I just being too stupid here? No, I I don't know if there's some implication that like transistor, like the transistor is uh, like, like a literal after, um, physical like heaven or something. But I mean, you get that sense. Well, if I, it's he- okay, a qu- quick question: If it's heaven, uh, when she's waving it around and smacking people with it, do they feel that? I mean, it's, it, it, has it been like uh, you know a heaven quake for the last few hours? <laughs> she's uh, smacking fools with it. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Ooh, but yeah, transistor. Uh, do I recommend it? Fuck if I know. I think that if you've got the time and the energy and the patience to go through this game, if there's you want probably something, very something pretty there. That, if you want something that's very, very, very pretty and sounds uh, beautiful, I, I imagine that this is one of those games that I, I would probably pick up the soundtrack for if I, you know, like the gameplay wise. Uh, yeah, it's one of those that I think people could spend a lot of time on and spend and uh, really enjoy it. It's just that initial bump of trying to get past, you know, whatever the hell. And the fact that they, they don't even give you really any motivation. They don't give you any uh, guidance about what the story is about. And if if you went through it and didn't read a single one of those journal entries, you would have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yep. And that's incredibly frustrating because uh, Bastion was able to do so much with a silent protagonist, a uh, guy who doesn't really give a lot of information but tells you enough. Yeah, minimalistic narration. Well, minimalistic relevant narration, I guess is the proper term for that. (laughs) Yeah. And Bastion as well did some stuff with non- I almost said body language, but just, like, what other characters did. Like, at the end of Bastion, I forget the dude's name, but if you pick him up and carry... Yeah, Zulf. If you pick him up and start to carry him to safety, all of the guards that you would have had to have fought, like, show you respect and stand down and don't attack you. And that was, like, a really cool moment. And, like, nothing is said. No one... There's no dialogue. No nothing. Just a little bit of music. And all of them, like, pausing to show you respect. There's that one dude that attacks you, and his commander kills him. Yeah. And it's like, that speaks volumes. Whereas Transistor has uh, not tons of dialogue, but uh, lots more dialogue than They have a lot more dialogues and a lot more speaking characters. Because in Bastion, you have uh, 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 the... uh, now I'm blanking on the character's name because they actually give him a proper name at some point. But you have the narrator, let's just call him that, for the entire game until the very last segment, then uh, the uh, lady speaks. Because yeah. you've caught up to where the story is. Because it's all been told as you are going out to the final area. All in the past. And whenever you're going out to that final level, that's when you've caught up to where the story's... T- actually being told in real time and that's where the tense change and where it yep it has that really cool kind of subtle moment of how this has been a past now present story but in this you have 
the transistor who uh, does give some uh, exposition, but it's more world building than than story based, which is fine. That you know, this world is actually important in this game. You have uh, the blandiness of bland, bland, talky, uh, uh, talky uh, bad guys, who sounds like the G man if you gave him a sleeping pill. All right. Uh, Red, who could just hum. And uh, actually, is there any other characters that actually talk? Uh, there's a couple just texts back and forth. The one thing I did think that was kind of cool, the only time they really gave Red a voice was the terminals. Uh, there's uh, terminals uh, that spout the news every so often, and you could leave a message. And eventually, she uses that as a way to communicate with uh, the guy stuck in the transistor. Yeah. I thought that was neat. That was really the only time that you really get to feel like you really know Red, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she does have that one, what is it, that one line at the end? And then the yeah. the the songs that have vocals, that's the same uh, the same yeah, true. actress, so you do get to hear her that way as well, but that's different. Yeah, that's uh, past tense, uh, story-wise. Yeah. So. Yep, my mind still hasn't changed. <laughs> oh, your most hated game club. So far, I, I, yeah. I did, I did not expect that one. I know. I know. I, I wasn't expecting you to fall in love with this game, but, you know, I, well, to be fair, I hadn't played through more than just a you know, about an hour of it, so I, I would say mine is probably a toss-up between Shadow of the Colossus or Skyrim. Yeah. Mostly between... because, mostly because uh, Shadow of the Colossus felt like it was just a broken, broken, broken game. Yeah, it's between Shadow of the Colossus and this for me. Wow. We'll see, though. We might have some more shitty Game Club games in the future. Well, if we go uh, long enough, you know, we're down, we're bound to have something terrible. Very true. And speaking of what games, or what game we're going to be doing for Game Club next time. And now for something terrible. <laughs> that game is going to be Crossout. Yes, this is uh, a... What what is the best way to call this? A uh, good version of Robocraft? <laughs> uh, this a modern uh, version of Twisted Metal. Uh, this is a vehicular combat game where you build uh, your vehicles uh, in this kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland. I didn't, I haven't really gotten to what the story is behind this yet. I played a fair amount of it already, though. Yeah, both of us uh, have. It, it has a very, very interesting uh, set of mechanics uh, on the uh, driving side of things. And it actually feels a hell of a lot better than what Robocraft ever did. Robocraft tried to be the master of many things and just failed on all fronts. Yeah. It's got a good driving system. It's got good combat. The, everything that we've seen so far is good. So now we just need to play it longer experience the mid to late game free-to-play-ness to it. Yeah, because are... this is a free-to-play game, and there are 
uh, things that I'm sure would piss off at least one audience member is that there is a, a way to skip time uh, at, through buying. Uh, I'm not even sure buying power is the right way to put it because of the way they gate off things. But yeah, we're getting into probably a little bit more game club discussion than we probably should at this point. Yeah, it's still too early for us to tell. And all of these assumptions we're making are only based on the first few hours of gameplay, which a lot of these games are designed to be really, really compelling and suck you in in the first few hours and then start to sort of lay into the, hey, you should probably spend some money on this. So. Yeah, we need exactly. to play it some more and check it out to be sure. But uh, yeah, it is going to be a stream night game uh, towards the end of uh, September. Yeah, so I believe it's should... the last weekend before Game Club actually records. It is. So you guys, uh, if you want to come play with us on stream night, I'm going to mention this a couple of times. Um, pick it up, play a little bit, uh, get to at least what would you say, level three at least. I would say probably about five because that's where you get a few more missions and you also, I would believe level five is where you start to get uh, more part counts because the way they tier it is that there's five different factions and for the first 10 levels, you're stuck with the, the first one. And as you level up that faction, it gives you structure parts, which is how you build most of your vehicle outside of weapons and other little uh, odds and ends on it. But also increases the part count so that your part count naturally increases and that is how your power score is determined, which is, think of it as just, you know, the way your car is ranked. And you are typically put against uh, vehicles of a light power score, at least so far. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, level five isn't that much. It's a, a couple hours. But it also gives you time to tour around with the uh, car building mechanics because... The initial car is actually fairly good. I actually liked it. Yeah, I did too. Um, and as nice. you it's... level, and as you level up, uh, you unlock different variants of it. But you're free to change it as much as you want. Yeah, it gives you lots of slots to save, lots of different vehicle vehicles. So yeah, you start off with four, and you're able to trade on the marketplace to get the uh, up to the maximum of twenty. Which yeah. isn't which isn't bad. But yeah, we're getting a little bit too much into this, so yeah, we'll uh, I'll, I'll make announcements uh, every week leading up to it. Get at least to level five. I think level five gives you a hundred fuel as well for doing the the PVE portion. Yeah, we'll yeah, explore which that too. Yeah, in the fuel is essentially night. your energy uh, option, but you do have a way to get more of it for free. But yeah, game club discussion uh, that's next month. Yeah, so cross out. Download it, play it. So far, it's great. We'll check it out for a stream night in a few weeks, and I will be reminding you guys every week until then that Crossout is coming. Because we had this issue with Robocraft where nobody played it, and then we played it, and everyone, all they had was the basic stuff. So Yeah, and it does take time to build a completely custom uh, thing. Uh, even just getting up to level-wise to get enough structural parts. Because you could... Uh, tweak out the truck that you start off with but to be able to build uh, something completely different takes you a while to get the parts yeah so yeah that is going to be our next game club game cross out yeah and i'll announce that on the twitter well for you a couple days ago yep but for you in uh 12 hours well 11 and a half yes and and
All right. Uh, well, we spent more time on Transistor than I thought. Do you want to take a moment to prune anything off of our topics list? Uh, let's just uh, keep going and see how things turn out. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse you. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm going to choke to death. Um, okay, we can do that. So next on our topics list, uh, Half-Life Episode 3 script synopsis was released, we think. Uh, and this seems to confirm also that Half-Life 3 is going to be no more. That they are, yeah, at least for the time being. Uh, this is one of those things that there's a lot of doom and gloom on this, and for good reason. But at the same time, the Half Life series is way, 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 way too popular for it to just go away. So, yeah, I uh, Sorry, I, I think it will be a shelf for a while, but it will eventually come out. Uh, but uh, what we should uh, say where this leak came from, this was from a writer that was released from Valve uh, last year, I believe it was. I don't remember how. I, that sounds right, but I don't remember if that was specifically. Uh, but, but this was one of the uh, uh, writers, Mark Laidlaw, who uh, worked on Half-Life, uh, the, uh, Half-Life episodes, and he was uh, the lead writer for Dota 2 for years. And I'm reading his, uh, the archive of his blog to be able to say that with certainty. And it said he left Valve in 2016 just to say what part. So anyway, he released uh, a couple days ago, well, five days ago at this point, uh, the synopsis of what would have been a Half-Life Episode 3, at least how he wrote it, uh, with the... Uh, Characters changed, uh, yeah, to avoid uh, lawsuits. But this, yeah, feels like he was uh, his NDA came up, and you know he released essentially what the. Uh, this isn't a script. This is just the uh, yeah uh, overview of what happened, and it's one of those things that it's kind of depressing to have it in this uh, way. But at the same time, it's uh, yeah uh, gives a sense of finality at least for this particular version of Half-Life Episode 3, because this is one of those games that has been in limbo for so long that, you know, it's become almost a Duke Nukem forever, you know, <laughs> Half-Life Episode 3 or Half-Life 3 or whatever. Uh, was there anything that in the... Uh, did you read the uh, story? Um, Specifically the Tech Raptor one? Well, well, uh, well, I've linked the Niche Gamer one, but there's the Tech Raptor one, but they had a paste bin of, uh, you know, all the characters re-renamed to their proper names because, you know, he, he changed names to try to avoid lawsuits. But, yeah, you know, they were close enough that you could figure out who was who. Yeah. Um, it, it, sorry, go ahead. It really feels like they were setting up the uh, Half-Life episodes as a lead-in to episode, or sorry, to Half-Life 3 being... Not with Gordon Freeman, but with Alex as the main character. And that was an interesting way to uh, uh, take it, you know? Yeah. Um, the thing that I think and feel about this is that I hope that this is all real and all true and not some kind of weird stunt or whatever. I don't know why it would be, but I mean, I I don't really trust anything anymore. Yeah, true. At, trust at but face verify. value. So, um, but I do hope that this is real and that this indicates that Half-Life 3 has, like, this is confirming either it, it's canceled or sh- been shelved, 
Um, because I mean, we've we've talked about this a bunch in the past. There's no way that Half Life Three could live up to the expectation for it. There's just no way. Um, Half Life Three would have to be as revolutionary today as Half Life Two was when it was released. Right, and I don't. And gaming has evolved quite a bit in the ensuing was it been sixteen years? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I I hope that this is a confirmation of the fact that it's dead or shelved, because then we don't everyone can move on. It you know it certainly can suck for some people. Although I think if you're the sort of person who has built your identity into this. You have other problems that you need to go see a therapist for. <laughs> You're just trying um, to get some Steam trading cards. Maybe. But, you know, a lot of people have gotten attached to this series over the years. And I understand them feeling some sense of loss, but this would allow them to have some closure. And then Valve can move away from it. And if they decide to surprise people with it at some point in the future, they could. If they want to spin it off into something different, they can. And they're not... Oh, a collectible card game. They're they're not tied into, oh, but this isn't Half-Life 3. It's like, no, we we canceled that. We're doing something different with this series at this point. Well, did you see uh, people review bombing Dota 2 because they felt that Dota 2 was (laughs) the reason why we never saw Half-Life 3? No, I didn't, but I could believe that easily. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of... uh, of yelling and screaming on uh, line about it, which I do understand. Uh, yeah, having a cliffhanger for years and years and years, especially from a company that you wouldn't expect to ha- to leave this hanging. I mean, I understand, you know, Valve time, you know, uh, hardy har har, but at the same time, there's a certain expectation that you know Valve would get something done and uh, go check out the Dota 2 store page because, wow. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'll look it to you. There you go. Enjoy. No, thanks. Uh, it's one of those things that it's, uh, I definitely understand why people are upset about this, but the thing is Valve could have handled this a hell of a lot better. Uh, EA talked about how um, Mass Effect Andromeda wouldn't be game or single player content, but the story would continue and books and, and comics and uh, that sort of thing. Why couldn't that be done with Half-Life? That could easily be done with Half-Life. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Valve has a history of uh, making comics and uh, web videos. Oh, wait. Yeah, they've never done that before, right? Yeah. Yeah, but are you looking at the reviews on Dota? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... It's taking it hard, let's it, say. It's... It, it, it's like a, a ramblings of a madman. Also known as Tuesday night. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you see what I did there. Yeah, you should really be kinder to yourself. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, yeah. I was I was actually really glad when I saw it. And I thought to myself, I... like, I hope that this is the end. We can put this behind us. And the gaming world can move on to some other stuff. I think it's more for me, a little bit of disappointment, more that, you know, I've never went through the episodes. I got to the end of Half-Life 2 and, you know, naively thought, you know, I'll play uh, the episodes when uh, all three are out. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, But it's one of those things that 
I don't understand why the story couldn't continue. Uh, not even just the fact that, oh, well, you should make Half-Life 3. You should make Half-Life Episode 3, even though, you know, uh, my feeling is that if you commit to an episodic game, fucking finish it. Yeah. And, unless your company shuts down, then, you know, I could understand. Yeah, well, Valve certainly ain't shutting down anytime soon. I sure hope not. I mean, right. Uh, my, my game collection would go bye-bye. <laughs> but it's one of those things that why can't they do this somewhere else? Yeah. And, and give that closure. It, it feels like a tease. You know, they, you know, we're, we're uh, not saying that we're uh, not doing it, but we're not saying that we are. <laughs> and at the same time, uh, Valve has moved pretty far away from uh, the story content that, or the story driven first person games that, Half-Life would have uh, filled because the last time we've seen that was Portal 2. Right. As you get so shocked that you drop your drink. That was the ice banging around inside my water bottle. You Um, had some really hard water there. (laughs) It's a hard block of ice in there. Yeah, I think I figured out why you cough so much. You, You should drink warmer water. No, I'm not joking about that. Yeah, I know that probably honestly would help, but I I like cold water. Like it as cold as possible. Like me. You're as cold as. You're just trying to get that thousand dollar milestone. Yes, please. Someone give us a thousand dollars, please, 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 please. Uh, is there really anything else to talk about on this? I don't it, think so. It does feel like there was a. Uh, at least in episode three, there was going to be a passing of the torch that we never saw, which would have been actually really cool to see. Yeah. And uh, how they would have expanded upon that in the uh, later series, because it feels like Half Life was originally, or Half Life Two, with the episodes, was going to expand into a broader story, maybe with uh, more than one protagonist uh, for the third uh, game in the series. I just wonder why they, you know, decided to drop it. That, that's something I never really understood. Because they started making billions of dollars with Steam. I guess maybe this is just a, uh, a symptom of Valve's corporate uh, structure, where you know it's you know whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah, I mean they made games since then, but I suspect they were like, well, for Half Life Three, we'll have to take our time and do something big and grand and then just over time as Steam started making Valve more and more and more money they Do you think prob- it may have been uh, what I uh, talked about how uh, Valve uh, wanted to do something revolutionary but there's not really anything easily revolutionary that they could do Yeah I think that that's a pretty good I pretty good thought because uh, I've, I've actually thought about this for a bit, trying to figure out what would they do. And the big thing I've always come up with was just the AI in games. Yo, has it really evolved all that much in ages? But, you know, that's one of those kind of hidden things that unless uh, game AI is extraordinarily bad, it's good enough usually. It's yeah. just one of those things that... I'm disappointed that they just didn't continue the story elsewhere. That's probably the big uh, take from this. Right. Fair enough. I agree with that. 
I mean, hell, <laughs> Team Fortress 2 has gotten more story over the years than Half-Life has. More hats. Uh, there's actually a lot of story in TF2, a surprising amount. Uh, between the comics uh, and the uh, shorts that they did. You would be surprised just how much they did. Granted, I just thought of something that they have a half or they have a uh, TF2 comic that's been ongoing for years that's never been resolved. Are we going to get the same uh, treatment there? <laughs> Maybe. Because it has a big uh, cliffhanger in the last uh, episode or the last chapter or last book thingy. Yeah. Okie dokie. So, speaking of thingies? Yeah. Um, Bethesda's Creation Club goes live. And <sighs> even though this isn't in the article title, it seems to be, well, rather rough. Yeah, this is one of those things that... Well, uh, well, the actual article title, the, I just grabbed one uh, and just gave it a generic title. Fallout Force Creation Club Live with Horse Armor. Because that's what I need. Armor yeah. from a horse that I don't have in Fallout 4. No, your horse is your power uh, armor. And no, I'm not joking. Oh. Uh, the, the Creation Club... Uh, I had very little hope of it being, you know, a worthwhile ad adventure. Or a worthwhile adventure, I should say. Yeah, you know, a worthwhile adventure for your adventure. <laughs> adventure, adventure, adventure... Adventure. Alright, I'm done now. But, oh, it, it seems like they are trying to ream people for as much as they can. <laughs> am, am I the only one that's uh, getting this between the two of us? Uh, no, I feel like it. I mean, I said I wanted to give the Creation Club a chance, but the first thing that we get is garbage horse armor and stuff that looks like mods that you can get for free from the Nexus well, or whatever. Well, considering people have, have found at least very similar items to this for free on the Nexus. They're not saying that they're direct copies, or at least I haven't seen anyone claim direct copies, but damn. Well, 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 let's go into this. Let's go into this. First of all, this follows the kind of annoying mechanic of having credits. As in, you buy your credits uh, for a certain amount of money, and it's actually live on Steam already. Uh, finding the... Hang on, uh... Let's see. Uh, I want to get these actual Steam numbers uh, instead of uh, what's in the article because they, they seemed a little different. Okay. So the smallest denomination that you could get is 750 credits for eight bucks. Okay. Now, the thing is that everything here is sub 700 or, uh, well, sub 750. Everything is in the, uh, if it's not a reskin of your Pit Boy, that's. 50 credits, or let's just call it, uh, yeah, a, a credit ascent. Then everything is a couple bucks. But you're still having to buy in at $8 chunks at minimum, or $15 chunks for 1500 or $25 chunks for 3000 And you see how there's this, uh, this extra charge almost, where you're having all these leftover credits, and there's no way to spend that exact number of credits easily. Yeah, that's the biggest problem with these free-to-play type games that do that sort of thing. Yeah, wasn't uh, 
it was Riot, wasn't it, with League of Legends who had all their prices as prom numbers. That's interesting. And they had it where in order to zero out, I think it was League of Legends. I remember it being a big hubbub. Well, I can't remember if it was League of Legends or if it was another MOBA. Because I do remember it being in the MOBA genre of River Surfs. They yeah. had everything was prime numbers. And the thing was that in order to zero out, have no credits left whatsoever, you had to spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Just the way you bought in credits and uh, were able to spend them. And, it, and it's not as egregious here, but the fact that, you know, there's that extra cost. There's that, yeah, you could only buy in these chunks. It's free money for them. Uh, I'm just, this comes back to what I said whenever the Creation Club was created, or it was announced, I should say, is that this requires a level of trust in Bethesda that I haven't had in ages. And they are showing that my skepticism of them is true when they put fucking horse armor on. Yeah, I'd like to... Well, I mean... Yeah. I've lost a lot of my trust for Bethesda over the last couple of years as well. Uh, I'm not quite to the level you are, but I'm getting on down there. I'd like to see what they continue to do with it over the next couple of months as part of this rollout or rollout program or whatever it is that they're doing. Well, but <laughs> in general, it's not, it's not off to a good start. Yeah, there's... Now, this is even worse of what the paid mods were because those at least had some mods that had content. Now, granted, some of these do say uh, creation obtained through a quest. They don't say what the quest is. They don't uh, give any idea of quest length. It could be, you know, uh, go talk to the guy across the street. He has a, the armor. We don't know. Right. But the, but the thing is that if this is the price for reskins, you pay five bucks for Hellfire Power Armor, you pay two bucks fifty for horse armor that honestly looks ridiculous and looks like a fucking joke. Then what is content, actual content mods going to be? How fucking expensive is that going to be? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, more, obviously, but I can't imagine they would be the same price as the more cosmetically oriented and based stuff. Yeah, uh, granted, uh, in order to really see everything, or to see every uh, screen, you have to have Fallout 4 and have it updated, and I don't own Fallout 4. And at this point, I won't own Fallout 4, but uh, the uh, prices here are Chinese Stealth Armor, 400, Hellfire Power Armor, 500, Horse Power Armor, uh, 250, Modular Military Backpack, whatever the hell that does, 400, uh, a Four, three Pip-Boy recolors for 50 a pop. Well, there's a mod set that does modular backpacks, but it's all cosmetic. That yeah. is, the, the modular backpacks are. Yeah. It's just, I, I'm, I'm so depressed by this because what really hits me on this isn't the fact that this is being done to Fallout, or, or to Fallout 4 and uh, Skyrim. It's what this means for the future of Bethesda games. Because I just still see this as a way for them to market a even less fleshed out game. Yeah. Which for Skyrim is saying something. Yeah, definitely. 
and use it as a platform to sell content, which can work if done fairly, but that requires trust. Yeah, which they can re-earn, but they'll have to work for it. Yeah, and they're not going to get it when they have fucking horsepower armor in their store. First thing. I mean, this seems like something that would be on a joke website. You know, Bethesda launching Creation Club. It has horse armor in it. Ha ha ha. I I realize that they're trying to be self-deprecating in this, but (laughs) they just come off as dicks. Because horse armor, if you don't know, back for Oblivion was the... Yeah, uh, the kind of the beginning of uh, cosmetic, but not really cosmetic DLC. And this was uh, Oblivion. It wasn't the first, I don't think, but it was the, one of the more high profile ones. And it was two bucks fifty, if I recall correctly. Uh, the 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 horse armor. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, was four ninety nine. It was four ninety nine. Uh, all right, so it was, uh, I was giving it more cr- uh, credit for being cheaper. <laughs> Yep, I distinctly remember. One ninety nine. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I have many. I have issues with this, but I have many less issues than you do because I'm not where you are on the Bethesda train, the anti Bethesda train. Uh, I'm not the... even sure if I'm anti Bethesda because they can earn my uh, trust back. It's just it's going to take my hell of a lot of work. And the have... thing is that I'm seeing I've seen the trend from uh, Morrowind to Oblivion to. Uh, to Skyrim from uh, Fallout 3 to what seems to be uh, contained in Fallout 4 because I haven't played Fallout 4 and it's just uh, they release their games in a broken broken mess they rely on the community to uh, fix their games and now it seems like they're planning on relying on their community to flesh out their games why don't they just release their uh, engine for licensing and let people build their own games that would be nice, but they won't ever do that. Granted, yo, know, I think most uh, proper game devs would want a more functional game engine than what Bethesda would offer. Because, right. yeah, the Skyrim engine, well, a lot of what I see Skyrim uh, these days is just the game engine doing odd things, the game doing odd things, mods are doing odd things because the game engine is kind of uh, held together with bits of strings uh, and some uh, used chewing gum. What? what about some What about some rubber bands? No, 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 that's DLC. What about paper clips? No, way too uh, high tech. Okay, fair enough. Besides, paperclips wouldn't just snap and you know cause the entire thing to fall apart spontaneously. Uh, yeah, I, I really enough. hope I'm wrong in that you know they turn this around because, uh, on theory, this could be better. This could uh, be something I could support, but not in this, <laughs> not in this state, and not with this content, or I should say, not, not even content. I think that's what gets me is that lack of content. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just uh, overselling or overestimating the value of what it is that they're making. Or I wonder how much of a say the creators have in what the sale price is. 
No idea. Because, I mean, this could be Bethesda just saying, here's what we're going to sell it for. Here's what we sell other stuff like this for. I mean, it could also be the creators going, I think I can get this for it. But it might well, be Bethesda uh, well, who's forcing them to sell it for that cost. Or it could be uh, the modders are forced to sell it at that cost to really see any profit. Yeah. Or profit. Uh, well, uh, well, that's the thing. Yeah, profit per item instead of you know, just a mass selling. Because that's the other, that's the flip side of it. Yeah, you know, just sheer volume. And yeah. maybe some of these modders are seeing, or, you know, seeing the, you know, maybe this isn't going to be particularly po- uh, profitable or, you know, particularly popular. So they're wanting to get, a, a, you know, a fair amount of money from a few sales instead of, you know, uh, selling 20,000 Pit Boys. Yeah. You know, uh, right, well, the Pit Boys is probably a bad example because that's a 50 cent uh, reskin. That's probably about the most sensible thing on here, actually. Yeah, yeah. Sell the Hellfire armor. That's the that's the most absurd one. Uh, you know, instead of selling the Hellfire armor, you know, at yeah, you know, like a buck or two bucks to, you know, and uh, expect to see you know twenty, thirty thousand sales. Sell it for uh, five hundred uh, uh, credits, which is about five bucks, give or take, at least U.S. dollars. Granted, uh. You know, the conversion rates are it's tough for me to do the actual conversions uh, real time uh, in euros it's uh, well it's the almost the euro to dollar thing not quite actually that's a little surprising uh, but you know the uh, local currency uh, uh, trying to get a better profit margin because they're seeing the writing on the wall that this isn't going to be as popular at least in the beginning yeah and I don't know. With we'll, Bethesda's cut, yeah, it's the only way that they could uh, see making any money. I, I don't know. Or that's assuming that these are all uh, modders. Because do we even at uh, the uh, at least the screens that I'm seeing, it doesn't say who the people making it are, and that's a, also a little concerning. Yeah, I did not because, notice that, but that is very concerning. Because Bethesda needs to attribute who these people are, at the very least. Yeah, because they were wanting to push uh, the content creators, the, well, the modders. But you know, they, they don't even get a mention of the name of the modder, at least on the screens I'm seeing here. I mean, it could be somewhere else, or it could be, uh, you know, hidden away, and you know, just. But it's one of those things that okay, I really like this guy's stuff. How can I find more of it? Well, it's like Transistor's story. Fuck if I know. Yeah. Fuck if you do know. Fuck if I know, too. Fuck, fuck. Fuckity fuck, fuck. Balls. If I know. Hmm. I mean, a lot of these... A lot of things that we talk about, unfortunately, come down to... Well, we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. And ultimately, yeah. we're just going to have to keep waiting and seeing some more. But... Poor, poor performance right out the gate, guys. Yeah. Uh, well, well. Here's here's the flip side of things is that we've talked about many times that we are not the the average gamer. We are atypical of the average gamer these days, particularly with how PUBG has gone. <laughs> yeah. Do you think in months or maybe a couple years? 
uh, whenever you go uh, to some of your clients, you'll see them, you know, spending tons and tons of money on the Creation Club or, you know, other analogs of it. Because, you know, you uh, work with a lot more typical gamers, I would think. Yeah, I work with a lot of, of kids and teenagers. Um, and, I mean, I've said multiple times, they spend money on loot boxes. These are the people that is buying this stuff. Um, maybe it depends. It really, it depends. Um, I think the biggest thing that, or the two biggest things that it depends on is one, do they find a way to somehow make this more enticing, more shiny? Um, because kids and teens, and I think a lot of average people get turned on to something that's shiny. Uh, you know, loot well, that boxes. does explain the particle effects in TF2's uh, uh, rare hats. Um, like loot boxes and things like that uh, employ a lot of psychological manipulation to get somebody pulled in and on board. Um, I don't see how they could do that, but I mean, I'm sure they could. Advertisers have been doing that sort of thing for forever, practically. Um, I just so, had a thought. What if, uh, you know, uh, a daily check-in and you get some uh, credits? A very small amount, but, you know. Yeah, that could put somebody on the treadmill. Um, that's the biggest thing. The other thing is that with with mods, a lot of these kids don't understand the difference. Or, not, not they don't understand the difference. They don't understand what a mod is. It, like, I talk about mods with some of them that that play games and they're like wait you can change the game by doing like if you go through you download and apply this stuff you can change the game to something else I'm like yeah and they're like well but why not just get a different game or whatever and they don't quite understand it so they've got to figure out how to to so in other words they're well uh, well uh, preying on the I hate using the term ignorant but that's actually kind of apt here but also you know, this is hitting areas that don't really have access to mods all that easily. You know, the, the consoles. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, this may be the uh, the big thing for this is the way around Sony's rather crazy way of handling mods in general for uh, Fallout. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe, maybe this is also a case of having a captive audience. Maybe so. I It's possible. It feels unlikely right now, but I'm not going to write it off completely. Uh, I, 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 I'm waiting to be turned on this, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah. At least with how Bethesda's handled it. Maybe another company could do better. Because I, I, did, I remember whenever uh, the uh, paid mods was originally announced that I believe uh, Gary of Gary's Mod was talking about trying to do the same thing. I, I mean, remember great. that. Uh, he uh, he talked about wanting to uh, do it for Gary's mod. Well, now I guess it would be Rust, assuming anyone still plays for Rust. I'm but, sure there's still a lot of people playing Rust. Yeah, because, yeah, it's a survival game. Uh, but, you know, seeing and someone else tackle this as well and seeing competing ideas may not be such a bad thing. And, you know, see if there's some sort of happy medium in between 
Bethesda's insane pricing of really non-content content. Because that's where it really comes down to, I think, is the fact that it's five bucks for a reskin. Yeah. I mean, if Bethesda did this themselves as DLC, they would be fucking lynched. I mean, they've done it before. Horse armor, five bucks for a reskin. Well, I guess you get two reskins. You get the elven armor and the the iron armor. Oh, see, so so it was two (laughs) fifty. Yeah, sure, but I mean, you bought them both together, so. Well, it's not their fault that you uh, can't buy one or the other. I think it is. By the way, there's uh, just a little over 13,000 people playing Rust right now. Oh, well, turns out there's a couple people playing. Who knew? Oh, turns out you did. But 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 to be fair, nobody could know these things. We're not experts at this. Nope. I mean, nobody knew. <laughs> nobody knew it could be this difficult, <laughs> this complicated. I, I, I could almost hear your eye uh, uh, twitch. <laughs> yeah, I uh I'm I'm actually standing up right now. I was I was starting to starting to lose it. So I stood up, get my blood flowing. <laughs> I'm feeling uh post uh recording where you have uh, some venting to do. I post recording, I'm going to have to run off to bed. Remember I have to get up at 6 in the morning and All right, fine. we'll have our therapy. We'll have our therapy session tomorrow evening. That's fine. <laughs> I think I know what you're you're talking about, and yes, I feel the same way. <laughs> oh boy! But uh, yeah, uh, are we done here? I think so. Uh, should we uh, move on to our next topic real quick? Yeah, because I don't think it's going to be a long one, most likely. Hey, if it's a long one, it's a Franken content. There you go. Uh, we're getting. I think we've got another Franken episode done. Well, we'll definitely have it done today if we didn't, and then I'll move on to another one. Have a few in the in the bag. But anyways, yes, our next topic... A few topic, of the Dropbox. Yeah. Our next topic is, why is Lawbreakers dead on arrival? Uh, this is sort of a general topic. I mean, I've seen some coverage, and their numbers are really low. Um, when we looked earlier, it was, what, like three or four hundred? Well, well, to give you an players. idea, I have... Both Lawbreakers and our two remaining Whipping Boys. Because uh, I think uh, No Man's Sky has uh, kind of escaped for yeah. now. So, uh, let's see. Lawbreakers. And this does include the all-time peak, uh, which I believe is their beta numbers. All right? So, this is going to be a fun little uh, thing. Uh, well, first of all, before we get started, between Lawbreakers and our two Whipping Boys, Evolve and Battleborn, who has the lowest numbers right now? Battleborn? Yes. Okay. Battleborn has 52 players. Jesus. <laughs> God, that's awful. <laughs> and this is on their free trial, which... Uh, why did they name it free trial? Because I mean, they're um, dumb. I mean, really, they didn't have anything to lose at that point. Why not? Uh, trust me, whenever I loaded this up, I saw, well, it hasn't changed in three hours. I saw 52 and thought, there's no way. And then I started mousing over the, uh, the the graph. It's like, 52 seems about average for right now. Their 24-hour peak is 90. 
<laughs> Not even in triple digits, man. Let's put it this way. I have more YouTube subscribers. <laughs> there are... I have more YouTube subscribers. There are single-player games that have bigger numbers than that. Uh, There's single-player games released in the 90s that has more numbers than that. <laughs> uh, but let's see. Uh, next up on the list would be... Uh, well, do we go by right now or all time or twenty four hour peak? Because twenty four hour peak and uh, real time is two different ones. I would go for twenty four uh, hour? hour peak. Okay, next up on the list would be Lawbreakers. Which, by process of elimination, I'm sure you're just shaking your head right now. <laughs> that would mean Evolve is in the lead, guys. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. So. It has 364 players, 24-hour peak with 332 as of three hours ago. Granted, Steam had their Tuesday night uh, maintenance, so that's why these numbers are a little old. And just to finish off, 24-hour peak for Evolve Stage 2 is 609, with three hours ago being 224. That's why it's kind of flipped. And also, just going by all-time peaks, Evolve uh, in uh, Battleborn troused lawbreakers even beta numbers 7400 just shy of 7500 for lawbreakers 12000 on battleborn free trial which granted this could be also you know full battleborn but imagine free trial you know that initial jump and then everybody leaves again and evolve stage 2 which did see a new id so this is their free to play numbers is 51100 well 55099 but 55100 so they didn't even make beta their beta numbers to even get close to these other two. Yeah. Which is sad because Lawbreakers is a better game than Evolve. It's a better <laughs> it's a better shooter. It's got better controls, it handles better, and it's got a more interesting sort of I don't know, unique mechanic or idea or whatever you want to call it. Are uh, the zero G areas? Yeah, it's better than Evolve. Um, in some ways, it's better than the games that it's trying to directly compete with, like Overwatch and Paladins. In some ways, it's better than them. It's a little bit more sort of gritty and also irreverent. Um, it's got this sort of, I don't know, 90s, early 2000s, like, punk rock attitude, like, fuck everything and fuck you and we're gonna swear and we're gonna be all grungy looking like and you know that's a very subjective thing some people might hate it some people might love it but well, it turns out not a lot of people love it it seems no it was but it, it felt like it was trying to be a little bit different compared to like the fantasy style hero shooters that we've seen um so it, it's one of the biggest problems that i think think why it didn't do well was that zero g mechanic is not explained at all anywhere in the game. There's no tutorial, there's no hint, no anything. And so people, it takes a while for people to figure it out, and most people think it's really slow and clunky at the beginning, and it's not. You can move so fast through there. In each of the different characters... And isn't the one of the main things, uh, well, besides uh, your movement abilities, is that your weapon recoil matters quite a bit in that? Yeah, yeah. Um, each player has two different ways that they can transverse through. Uh, the zero G areas. The first is they each have like a unique movement capability. Like one of the people has like a, uh, it's basically like a hook shot from Legend of Zelda. 
And they use well, I was that. going to say just calls. Oh yeah, but they use that to swing around and uh, grapple and pull themselves really quickly across the zero g area. Uh, one of the characters, their whole movement is based on rocket jumping in in the zero g area. And there's one that like specifically shoots his gun behind him, um, and then you can like turn around and just fire your weapon, and that will move you in the opposite direction. So there's a lot of the movement is really fast paced and all over the place. If you're pretty good at that movement system, but nowhere is it explained or really talked about. There's no tutorials, nothing. So people think it's slow and clunky, which is frustrating because that's the whole game's gimmick. And without that, it kind of falls apart Um, because the rest of it is, even though the mechanics are solid, it's pretty much what you expect from a first person hero shooter or class based shooter type game. That you know is fast paced and all of that jazz. So well, I think that's one of the. Well, I'll be perfectly honest. I think a big part of this is the, well, for one, the price change because originally they were going to do free to play, but then they went to a premium model. But also the fact that there was no fanfare for the release whatsoever. I didn't even realize it released at first. Well, I mean, the only reason I knew that it released is that I've been catching up on co-optional podcasts, and Total Biscuit liked the game. And was talking about it like almost every episode. But that's the only reason I knew it released. Yeah, and it is... Well, well the problem with uh, a premium game like this, uh, well, a premium multiplayer-only game, is that you have a real chicken and egg problem, particularly ones that don't get that big fanfare on release. Is that, okay, they have yeah 300-some people playing. That is not a particularly healthy multiplayer pace to build off of. Nope. Why would somebody want to spend 30 bucks, or even go as far as uh, the $40 premium edition, <laughs> which has a bunch of skins and whatever in it. But, yeah. But because nobody wants to buy in for 30 or 40 bucks, you're going to just see those numbers go down and down and down and down. And even their beta numbers were terrible. Assuming this this is beta numbers, because uh, uh, let's see when did the, uh, uh, the highest peak was in early June, which this released. Uh, yeah, that has to be beta numbers because I'm looking at the release date. So even their beta numbers were low. Seventy four hundred and, and some change. That is low for beta. Particularly yeah. for a game that was getting such fanfare. I mean, they hyped the hell out of this game. And as a matter of fact, the show notes is going to have a montage of all the pre-release hype and talking about it by different developers or in uh, different uh, uh, con goers, and then kind of the aftermath of you know the game comes out. <laughs> I think they hyped it, but they didn't market it. If that makes sense, yeah. like at the cons and everything, they were like. Yeah, this is a game that doesn't have any of that free-to-play bullshit over and over and over. and But to the general public, the the average gamer who doesn't really pay attention to any of that stuff... I mean, I didn't see advertisements anywhere. I didn't see anything online or on YouTube videos. and I mean, I, I have an ad blocker on my computer at home, but I'm on computers and on, my, these days. and on my phone all the time where I don't have ad blockers. Like... I have to use computers at the office that don't have it, and we're not allowed to, 
to do anything. And I mean, I use my laptop as much as possible, but sometimes I have to. And I mean, I sit there with tabs open all the time, like checking stuff out and while I'm working, like tabbing back and forth. I never saw any ads. I didn't have hear any ads for it on any podcasts or anything anywhere. And I mean, it's kind of rare to hear a game advertised like that, but they've done it before. Yeah, yeah you would think that that would be more of a common thing, actually. Yeah. Especially for gaming podcasts. But I'm looking at their two trailers on Steam, and neither of them mentions a release date at all. One is by now, you know, obviously the post-release trailer. And the other one just says, I'll learn more. Click, uh, well, yeah, uh, you know, kind of click here, but you know, it's you know, go to the website. It's that 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 doesn't help. Yeah, and this game, it it suffers from being so. At the very end of that that video that you're talking about, Cliff Blazinski himself was like, you know, there's only room for in a genre for like two or three games that are big, and everyone else picks up the scraps. I hope this can be like one of the three. And he's well, so out, late to the game. So yeah, late to the game. Yeah, it turns out they're not even picking up the scraps. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the biggest... We, we mentioned this earlier. Like, the biggest games in this hero shooter thing. And if you want to expand it even out to just generally, like, class-based shooter gameplay, you've got Overwatch, Paladins, and then... Um, TF2? Uh, if we're going class-based? Yeah, TF2... Maybe also, what's the Ubisoft one? The oh, well, I was going to head to Steam stats to see what the uh, current games are. You know, yeah, that would work too. Uh, but does something want to load? Uh, uh, we'll just leave it at that. It's just uh, Rainbow they're... Six Siege. Oh, That's Rain... the oh, uh, see, I wouldn't have seen that there. Yeah, uh, it's just one of those things that yeah, it's. The 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 winners of the genre has kind of already been defined at least for the next year or two, and they came out at probably the worst time for it. And the thing is that they came out at the worst time for it, and they didn't say that they were coming out after uh, changing from a model that would at least gotten a very basic player base at the very beginning. You know, the free to play model, and let some build off of that. And yes, yes, I've realized free-to-play has its own innate problems of building up a player base as well, but you, know, you don't have that initial $30, $40 buy-in. And right. 30 bucks for a game that you know, doesn't have that player base, is, it, it, you're throwing your money away. Yeah. I mean, if it had even an average concurrent player count of like 2000 2500 that's worth the gamble for $30 for a lot of people, I think. Because there is, we, we talked about this a little bit before too when we discussed this topic. There's this, <laughs> there's this weird duality that you hear from consumers. Like part of them are like, "We're tired of all these free to play games. We want to just buy a game and be done with it." And so, you know, I I think that they heard that with Lawbreakers and were like, "Okay, we'll make this a premium game. We'll just put everything in." And then, you know, people don't buy it. So it's like, do you want premium games? Do you want free to play games? Like. Well, I think in this case, it was nobody knew what came out, but I was chuckling because I got the Steam 100 up. Yeah. And uh, I'm just picking out just random things that are on here. So they're like, oh, Fallout Shelter is on here. I mean, Fallout Shelter is a, pro- is a pretty popular little 
Yeah, but for uh, but for a Steam game that yeah that seem that doesn't seem to gel quite as much, you know, uh, or at least unless they changed it for PC because I hadn't tried it on PC. It's well, way Paul better Watch, for PC than it was for mobile. But. Yeah, on mobile, yo, know, let's check in every so often, play for five or ten minutes, and then yo, know, treat it like like you know, a pet almost, you know, like I was treating Deep Town until yo. Know, Deep down, I hit a wall that was going to take me, you know, the better part of a week to get past. So, you know, that was that. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just looking at uh, the uh, list. and <laughs> uh, Yeah, there's just some but, games on here that, yeah, I wouldn't have expected, like Fallout Shelter. Uh, uh, at first, I thought that was the uh, the old uh, uh, Total War Rome. <laughs> that would have been hilarious <laughs> <laughs> Hell, RimWorld has 4,300 players right now. Yeah, and RimWorld's just single player, right? Yeah. There you go. Well, oh, there is a mod that allows pseudo uh, multiplayer of uh, just trading uh, goods, uh, like a uh, you know, a trader. I've right. never tried it myself, though, but yeah, it's just, uh, I, it's just spotted RimWorld on here. Absolver is on here. I mean, hell, Terraria is on here. Terraria is Ter- uh, Terraria is actually probably in the top twenty here. It has twelve thousand right now. Terraria Terraria has more than Fallout Four. <laughs> well, wow. I should have checked Fallout Four numbers. Actually, that's actually something I should have done. Hang on, right, going back to our previous topic. Right. Please stand by. Sure. Oh wow. What? Okay, well, these are still numbers not to sneeze at. I mean, these are numbers that, you know, uh, lawbreakers would kill for, and we're completely off topic, but what the hell. Okay, um, Sunday, August 27th. Uh, you know, uh, peak of the weekend, you know, uh, Sunday night. Uh, 32,000, all right? Okay. Today, uh, uh, peak of 22,000 with right now being 12,000 and some change. And I'm not seeing any time that it's been that low. That's still not too bad, though, for a two-year-old yeah, single but, player. Yeah but, but, yeah, but just that huge downturn. <laughs> Sorry, I should have looked that up in the previous uh, topic. It's just one of those things. Yeah, you, you start looking up numbers, it's like, oh, what about this? About this? Uh, but... They, uh, the video that I linked in the show notes, uh, uh, another thing that they talk about is you know, the Overwatch, 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 Overwatch. And do you think that is a problem that we compare games too much to other games, particularly when they try to do something very different? I mean, I realize that you know, comparing one thing to another is very easy shorthand. You know, uh, uh, the one that I really remember that I did myself was with Dead Cells. Uh, uh, talking about how it uh, has a very slow, weighty uh, combat uh, based around uh, rolling and dodging like Dark Souls. Um, I think that it can be a problem when it is overused or too many like direct comparisons are made before anything is known. But, I mean, it is very useful shorthand, and that's something that we just do as people. We like to lump things into categories. And... In the video game world, like X or like Y is a category. So it's like Oblivion with guns. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, I use that descriptor many times myself with people. Like, what is what is this game? What is this Fallout game? Well, it's like Oblivion, but with guns. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, maybe for Lawbreakers, it was a bad choice to tr- uh, to try to focus so much on Overwatch. Uh, maybe for uh, that particular segment, it's more them trying to get those clicks because that's another thing about comparing one game to another is that then you could say, well, it's like Overwatch and then some of the search uh, metadata starts saying, well, okay, like Overwatch games and this starts popping up here and there and here and there. And do you think it may be also a problem with just how, you know, search engines are run? Maybe, but I'm not 100% sure I could comment on that much. My my knowledge base of how search engine optimization works well, is I, well, I used not... to... One of my old writing jobs actually involved a lot of search engine optimization. <laughs> and it's one of those things, at least back when I was more of a writer... I know, me a writer. Hmm. Uh, was more basic. You know, have this term or these terms in the first paragraph or in the first couple sentences. And that's why at least, you know, five, ten years ago, whenever you start reading articles, some of the language is kind of stilted to try to force in a particular term or a particular phrase. Right. And that's the how YouTube still works. A matter of fact, one of my more popular series is Freelancer a game that is by no rights should be more popular, but because uh, Star Citizen is by the same uh, yeah, the same head developer, and I also get double dipping on that because one of the more popular ships in Star Citizen is a freelancer, or, or uh, some variation of that term, I see a lot of splash traffic from Star Citizen. And it's... Okay. Uh, and I think that's something that some of these uh, 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 these video reviewers are trying to do with comparing games uh, whenever it, there's not a very strong comparison. Okay. Uh, I, I know this is probably a complete inside baseball. And <laughs> uh, complete nonsensical. But I do think it may be a problem with just how everything is run uh, behind the scenes. We see some of these really jank uh, comparisons that don't really make a lot of sense and kind of disenfranchise people that, oh, this is like Overwatch. I don't really care for Overwatch, so I'm going to ignore Lawbreakers now. Right. That's where I was going with it, really. Only in a very long uh, roundabout and, you know, kind of pointless way. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be sad to see another good game go by the wayside if they don't fix it. About the only way I can see them turning it around is to just basically immediately go, hey, you know what? We're going to take it back to the free-to-play model. Please, everyone, come back. And then all yeah, the people that got it get a bunch of rewards. Point. Yeah, they have to be panicking at this point. Assuming that they even plan to try to you know, salvage it, because that's the uh, flip side of things, is that they could just say, well, that didn't work. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, here's the problem with going free-to-play at this point. After heavily, well, 
I can't even say marketing, building up their hype around no free-to-play bullshit. Well, now that you're going free-to-play, granted, uh, even if, you know, you give uh, everyone that bought it, you know, all like 10,000 people or so. And yeah, I'm uh, being a little facetious there on numbers, but yeah, I'm basing that off of beta and, you know, just pure guesswork. But, you know, give all the people that bought it, you know, uh, a premium pass where you know get, they get all content for free or whatever. That, that's still gonna uh, kind of anger people that oh I got this because I didn't want a free to play game and now it's free to play and I'm going to see a bunch of free to play stuff and I'm going to see the shop. Never mind the fact that I already have it. People are very very vocal about those things. So uh, I think they're in a damn that they do and damn that they don't. And it's really you know what is going to hurt their image more. You're uh, you're. You're there? What? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> oh, I just uh, I finish up my point and just silence. <laughs> I think I need to stand back up again. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, the reputation. I mean, I said this before too. Like Cliff Blazinski has got a pretty big reputation for doing. Uh, the Gears of War series and and some other stuff that he's worked on too, but I think that's the thing that he's most known for. And yeah, I don't, I think that they're just gonna have to make the choice. Like, do we just dump this as a loss, or do we try and save it? And is it worth the money and the effort and the potential cost of reputation to do it or not? I'd like to see him save it. I'd like to see him shake it and make it free to play, and say, hey, we're sorry. Uh, We'll put a better tutorial in to explain this movement system, and we'll make it free to play again, or you know, go back to our original vision of making this a free to play game. Uh, please come play it and spend money on it. And remember, if you do make it free to play, don't call it a fucking trial. Yeah, don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> oh, okie dokie. Um, we should move on before I get too tired yeah uh, should i get your blood pumping i don't know maybe so trump talking about ratings oh yeah no let's not do that <laughs> i uh yeah. get edit that out i'm gonna i'm gonna stand back up though uh can we skip discovery queue this week all right we'll do community corner and route out the show. Even though I see in my Discovery Hue some amazing stuff, fine. Okay. Because Thanks. it does sound like uh, you... Uh, if I just hear a thunk, I'll just text Katie for in the morning to save the recording. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alrighty. We'll move on to our community corner this week, and I'm going to stand back up so I don't nod off in my chair. I just had a long day, guys. Some days I have a... So I my schedule is built with the expectation that people will cancel on me. And I don't and I don't have to go to all of my appointments because that's just what happens. But every once in a while, there's like a rare unicorn day where everyone is there for their sessions. So I had seven sessions today. Plus my Tuesday morning meeting. So I had a very long, long day. And I was tired when we started. I've gone through coffee and caffeinated tea. It's not helping. Oh, you're cheating on me. I am. I am. So yeah, let's do our community corner then. Well, it turns out the uh, mail cricket is still happily chirping away in the mailbag. 
<laughs> you know, this is fun. We're uh, at the point now where you're probably a little punch drunk. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, question of the week. Uh, we'll move quickly along before we hear that thunk. And, you know, we, then we just hear snoring. Uh, question of the week was, when looking to buy a game, what's something that turns you off or onto buying that game? Kind of a uh, modified version of our discussion last week. Kyle. Kyle's turn-offs are third-party launchers, while his turn-ons are interesting concepts. Something novel, something that takes something new and inverts its tropes. Something that is worth taking a risk on. Be cool. His turn-offs are always online single-player games, while his turn-ons are obscurely obscurely complicated paradox strategy games. To which a certain someone decides to try to get him uh, going with, what about always offline multiplayer? Be cool's responses? Don't mind that. Back in the older days, you could always play with friends in the same room. Still remember Goldeneye. Groove's turnoffs are microtransactions, while his turn-ons are Souls-likes or space games, or any game that requires the use of a crate. <laughs> uh, may have added that last part. Editorialized that a bit. <laughs> Come on, we know Groove. Yeah. And his uh, turnoffs are also include Ransom Jambalaya. Jim's uh, turnoffs are record transactions, excessive grind, early access, multiplayer only. Well, he's not going to enjoy the next game club. His turn-ons are gameplay that looks fun, good reviews, nice art style. Chemist turn-offs. Pork uh, keyboard slash controller customization. Turn-ons are emergent storytelling, like uh, when I informed friends that they died in my long war. Uh, I think someone's going to have uh, something like that before too long. Yeah, yeah. Then we have JD Rock, which we have had a couple times uh, uh, over the weeks. Uh, turn-offs, pay to win. Turn-ons, cross-OS gameplay, Linux with Mac and with Windows, which is kind of... a. Uh, common things you don't see in many uh split like that usually it's cross-platform yeah you know, between playstation xbox and pc uh, i can't even think of anything uh with the uh, cross uh, os gameplay that's segregated like that at yeah. least anything recent not except in the mobile market yeah well the, well that I, I treat those as different platforms and not different os's i mean you don't see a samsung galaxy with uh running uh uh, the iOS, I think. I, I mean, mean, I could be could. wrong. You could. People just don't do that because the aside from the the hackability for games, the Android OS is pretty much superior to i the uh, iOS in every way. Anyway, that was the question of the week, and uh, we didn't have any new tweets, at least that I caught. Okay. So if you wish to uh, contact us. Uh, VGLpodcast at gmail.com or VGLpodcast on the Twitter in the course of the week appears there Fridays at a semi-random time in the evenings. Just to get Jared's blood pumping. Yay. <laughs> uh, normally at this point, depending on how I edit this app up, cut it up, uh, we're not going to do um, Discovery Q this week. I am quite tired. So we're not hitting the music. Yeah, so we're not going to hit the music. I'm quite tired, so we're just going to speed on by that this week. He doesn't have time for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're going to wrap up the show, so 
What's going up on my channel this week? Divinity. I did record a little bit of basic gameplay for um, our our free-to-play trial games. Um, just kind of B-roll stuff, but I think I'm going to put that up anyways just to throw up some random stuff on my channel like I do every once in a while. Otherwise, it's Divinity. Uh, I'm working very hard to edit the rest of those. Uh, I'm on... What episode am I on? 51? The the fifty fifty one big split is where I'm at, so I'm slightly behind. But yeah, you're right as of uh, uh, right now, an episode behind, soon to be two. Yeah. So, but I'm always a little bit behind. That's just I, I was so proud of how I split that episode. <laughs> that was really good. I liked your idea. Mine's not that. It's just a little voiceover with no oh. fancy effects. Well, mine has the voiceover, but the uh, fancy VCR effect. You know, uh, the, the best of the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually not that hard to do once you find the proper filter. Yeah, but that requires work and effort. But you're the almighty editor. You would think that you would want to edit. <laughs> no, thanks. Um, anyways, if you want to find my content on the YouTubes, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, where I tweet about many different kinds of things... Politics and non-politics alike. Some of them are even gaming-related. You can do so at JMA4707. If you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash JR34707. And like I mentioned earlier in the episode, Paladins is going to be the stream game for this week. Uh, and I have the first few weeks actually put in the list. There is a link uh, that I guess should probably just become... You know, uh, you know quick idea... Um... Instead of saying uh, for this week, uh, since you have the list, why not you say for next week? Because by the time somebody listens to this, you know, the stream might have already passed, most likely. Well, I was going to say, we should just put the list as a permanent part of the show notes. And you can go check the list if you're not listening to this on day of release. Um, I can quickly look at the list and yeah, see what say, next uh, week's game is. The, what next week's game is, because that probably makes more sense. Since you're not making this up as you go along now. <laughs> well, let's not get too excited here. <laughs> Where are you, my little list? Don't tell me you deleted it again. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> Let's see. So yeah, this week, Paladins. Next week, World of Warships. Woo. You, uh, you specifically had said yeah. you wanted to revisit that. So Yeah, I want to try it again, see if it's still a broken piece of shit on my computer. <laughs> yep. So so we'll see if Mr. Angry Pants comes out. Indeed. So yeah, World of Warships is going to be next week. Um, and I've got the list out through the end of September. I'm going to add to the list as I go along. Um, and eventually the whole list will refresh. I'm not going to just like change out every, you know, every week, but I'll do maybe 10, 12 weeks in a row and then refresh that as we go. But anyways, we'll put a link to that in the show notes and I'll tweet it out, uh, every once in a while so that you guys can grab it. And then if you want to be my friend on steam, I accept all friend requests on steam. And I like to talk to you lovely, lovely people. My steam username is jarthur4707. Please send me a friend request. And if you wish to let uh, Mr. Sleepy Pants want to know exactly what episode you're coming from, the password for this week 
is Trash Panda. <laughs> That's good. That's Trash good. Panda. Oh, so my turn? Yep, your turn. Well, I had another week off of the Sunday sampler, mixture of just pure exhaustion, which uh, I think you heard in the last episode, and now Jared has this episode. Maybe next episode we'll both be well rested. I hope so. <laughs> uh, and I'll just uh, say on my desk and just couldn't be bothered. Uh, well, it was a combination of that. What I was going to say about the uh, game, it was an early access game that was going to get patched within a couple weeks, and so that was going to completely negate that. Uh, and it was just a perfect storm of this isn't going to work. So, uh, Sunday Sampler should hopefully be back this week. The uh, Vanity uh, is still ongoing. We had the split episode uh, on my channel already with uh, a rather impressive uh, uh, VCR effect. Uh, check out uh, episode 51 if you want to see it without skipping to the end of episode 50. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rimworld uh, Bitter End is still ongoing. We've I had Sapper show up and I had to record a little bit more for this week because I ended up uh, I do four episodes a week of Rimworld because I'm absolutely insane like that. I could probably uh, just edit those down to two but what's the fun in that? Especially for me, because editing down that much RimWorld would probably make me hate the game. <laughs> uh, but RimWorld's still ongoing, uh, upgrading guns, uh, uh, getting more prisoners. I, I think I'm eventually going to have to harvest some organs, though, because, yeah, that, turns out uh, one of the mods I have makes organs a little squishy. And I've had some people that I've, I could have captured, but they were lacking kidneys, and that seems like a bad thing to have, especially since blood filtration is a key factor on just how survival really any disease is. You know, shocking on that, huh? Right. Interesting. Uh, so having in. some so having some spare kidneys kicking about would uh, probably make uh, well, a spare kidneys, uh, a liver or two, you know, a, a couple hearts. Uh, what? What? <laughs> Super Soldier. No, Super Soldier would mean I'd get my bionics up and running, which I actually could do and uh, forgo all the Horgan harvesting, but what's the fun in that? Yeah. Hot. Anyway, uh, Rimworld's still ongoing. Uh, and uh, Van Helsing, um, I guess I'm about halfway through. I'm still trying to see just where the story goes because that's about the only thing that's driving me right now because gameplay well, it's kind of the it's the inverse of a little bit of what Transistor was that um, uh, the gameplay is uh, as boring as uh, Transistors uh, it's about as clunky as Transistors but at least the story is at least somewhat more interesting and has some uh, interesting bits between uh, Van Helsing and Katarina his ghost companion so there is that. Let's see. A podcast appears uh, on my channel Fridays at noon as well, because I'm not late like some other people. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes but, I am. Yeah, and uh, sometimes you are, and then I'm proud of you. Other times I'm just disappointed. That's fine. I can handle it. Disappointed a lot of people in my life. Also, that's what she said. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Right? That would be more of a he said? Yeah. Or are we, are we going with a he said, she said? He said, she said. Bob she said, said, he sure. said. 
So anyway, that's my channel, Gaming with uh, Caffeine Rage, on the YouTubes, or Gaming with CR, if you were to see me rant and rave on Twitter about who knows what. Granted, not as political as Jared, usually. But I did get there on the uh, on the Eclipse Day, because the local school system is fucking stupid. But then again, what do you expect when the state is low on the education roster? Anyway, I think we are pretty much wrapped up, so... Once again, if you were to catch these show notes, you can find it over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. And yes, I am changing the order of things a little bit. And you can catch us also on iTunes or Google Play as well, or uh, Stitcher, or who knows where Jared stuck us this week. If you wish to help to pay for this absolute madness and uh, for all the caffeine to keep Jared awake during all this, wake up, Jared. No. <laughs> you could uh, throw some uh, dosh over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. And in case you missed us before, you could uh, catch, uh, you could send us a message on uh, the Gmail, Podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming related topics, or lullabies for Jared. Or you could just tweet them over at Podcast. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and our missing Discovery Cube music is Doobly Doo by the same artist. You can find his work at copydeck.com and wake up, Mr. Sleepy Pants, you're on. As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, blow by now. rock a and good night. <laughs> yeah, I'm and out. hear the thunk. I'm out. <laughs> good night, everybody. Awesome possum. Never played that. <laughs> I heard of it. I'm pretty sure it was a DOS uh, platformer. Really? Yeah. Unless you're pre- making a joke. No, no, I'm pretty sure that there was a game called Awesome Possum. Uh, and I think it was a DOS platformer in the 90s. Awesome Possum game. Holy fuck. <laughs> awesome Possum <laughs> kicks Dr. Machino's butt. You thought I was joking. It's a I, Genesis I, game. Oh, it's a Genesis game. All right. Released in 1993. I don't know why I was thinking DOS. Uh, hey, uh, I'm amazed that I remembered Awesome Possum was a thing. Had an unusual feature for the time of having multiple lines of digitized speech to tell the story. There you go. Awesome Possum <laughs> <laughs> was a game changer right there. Evolving the industry. Awesome. <laughs> I will never think of that phrase the same ever again. You're welcome. Oh, and apparently Awesome Possum was an environmentalist. He collects empty bottles and cans and recycles them and answers <laughs> questions about the environment to earn bonus, bonus points in your fight against the evil Dr. Machino. So in other words, Trump would never get bonus points. Nope. <laughs> and the, and awesome possum can ride el- animals to get special abilities. Damn. Well, there you go. Awesome possum got a six point <laughs> five out of ten. Which yo know, back in the day that was uh, quite the achievement. I mean, uh, the thing is that you know not only the dollar uh, saw an inflation, but review scores as well.
<laughs> I, and no, I'm not joking about that. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Yeah, you would think, you know, something at about a seven range these days, you know, is just a, you know, uh, something that pretty much only you would appreciate. But uh, back in the day, you know, a seven wasn't bad, you know. Yeah. Well, the more you know. Yeah, just wait uh, a few more years uh, with the how Steam has thumbs up and thumbs down. It's just going to be, you know, if anything's below a 90, it, you know, it stinks. You can buy this on eBay. You're going to get a copy of Awesome Possum, aren't you, put on your mail? I don't, I don't have a Sega Genesis. It's only 14 bucks. Who says That's that the you average need a price ge- on eBay? Who says that you need a Sega Genesis for you to own a copy of it? Shit. I might buy one of these. <laughs> I, I just might. I'll just file that away for later. All right. Poor Katie. <laughs> poor, poor Katie. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get this show on the road, shall we? <laughs> 